So how are you feeling, man? The the comeback is complete. It's been a hell of a freaking road. I remember, I think the last time we had you on, you were talking about your injury. Uh, I think, I, I assume it would be right after the Open last year. That's when I hurt myself. Right. And, and just to recap here for everybody, what, what was it that happened with that injury? Because it was a bad one. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it was my third squat. I, I had, I think it was 887. And uh, when I was coming out of the hole, my, I just heard like a loud pop. And I basically tore my adductor and growing. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was really bad. Like, I, for probably three or four months, like, I could feel it with every, like, daily activity like lifting my leg, like driving, sitting down, up and down. So, um, yeah. In, in, in terms of that, like everything, it's just constant. You lay down in bed, you can feel it. Everyone's had at some point, you're going to have an injury where it's like, I've had those where even you're doing nothing. You're laying down and you feel pain. You're like, that's bad. That's a little bit alarming. What was the prognosis in terms of being able to come back, start lifting and actually make it on the platform? Uh, so I didn't, I didn't see like, I didn't get any uh, imaging or like x-rays or anything. Cause I knew like it was torn, um, <laughs> but I went to see a, a, a chiropractor or sorry, a physical therapist, uh, like that Chad Wesley Smith and our juggernaut team. Like I'm, I'm, I'm one of the coaches. Uh, he always recommends. So I went to see him and, you know, he did some testing on me and he said, you know, like it, it was like a week after and right away um, he said to just squat and do whatever I can to, to like a, whatever range of motion I was, I was comfortable with, like as long as the pain was like three out of four or three or four out of 10. Um, so probably like two weeks into it, I was already like, like box squatting light, um, just, li yeah. just letting my range of motion, obviously not, not much weight. Um, so, you know, obviously that, that was great. Cause like, I was expecting like go in there and you're going to tell me to do like all these floor exercises and bands and all that shit uh luckily i mean he was you know aggressive like you know any athlete would want to be and so um so that was in april and i think in july i was already like squatting in the 600s i think yeah what was it so because um and when you said i thought he's gonna ask me to do bands i was picturing <laughs> that fucking uh, rocky meme are you asking me not to be a man <laughs> when he gets off don't squat with bands um but so like, I would have thought if it's like torn, if you're squatting, it would like re-tear it or continue more tear. Like, how do you know when, cause I had a torn calf, yeah. started squatting, came back too soon and just retore it. And the doctor was like, it was the opposite. The doctor's like, I, it's not all the same, I know. Right. But it's one of those deals where you're worried, like, fuck man, I know with powerlifters and athletes period, the biggest thing is not, not keeping this, like uh, it's keeping us on the couch, keeping us from stopping, coming back too early and pushing it. Was that a worry where it's like, fuck me, you tell me to start squatting and my threshold for pain, like you probably are used to grinding. So your three is probably other people's normal gym goers, five or six. Yeah. Um, was that it? Was that a fear? Oh, constant. Like every, every time I worked out, it was a fear. Um, but I like, like he just talking to him, just, he just, gave me a sense of like, you know, confidence and relief that you could just go by how you feel, even though, even if you feel great, something could happen and it could just snap, which that's obviously something we, uh, you know, take a chance in doing anyway. So 
I just approached every day, like I'm going to do, you know, but, but I was very slow with adding weight and all that stuff. Um, but I just, I just figured, I mean, I also, I've always, uh, healed pretty well and pretty fast. And I was taking some like peptides, like a lot of people use, it's called TB 500 and BPC 157. So I was on a lot of that and I just, you know, I just felt okay enough. Um, and I didn't try to push it. Uh, but I did re-aggravate it like a few times where, you know, I would just stop that workout that day and just, you know, take a few more days off. But, um, but I, I, I'm a big believer in like, just, um, just always doing something, whether it's small or big or, uh, and just getting blood into it. And just, I don't know, I, I would rather, I'd rather do too much than do too, too little. I guess that would be. And that's, that's the thing with lifters, right? That's a common, that's a common where it's like, man, when, when you, when you're a coach, like you are a coach, when you have athletes get hurt, that's probably the hardest is to be like, you like, come on. You it, pull it's hard. Back a little. Yeah, it is hard because, uh, you know, half of them are, they're very conservative or they're very worried. And the other half is, is obviously uh, on the aggressive side. So gonna have to just, you know, go case by case, but most of the time I'm just telling them, go by how you feel, you know, unless there's a medical professional telling you what to do, but just, you know, do what you can that day. And that's everybody's individual, you know, sense of what they can push themselves to. So that's all I can expect from them. Cause I'm not there in person. Also, I don't want to like, you know, be too pushy and, and aggravate it or, uh, or be blamed for it. So it's kind of the risk you take as a coach. I've, uh, like I've gotten injuries and, um, like the pain is, isn't always your enemy. Sometimes it's your friend. So I've been in, I've had injuries. I took like, just like a, a leave. It wasn't a major, like it's like a Tylenol, extra strength Tylenol type situation. It yeah. wasn't even major, but those will work. Like they'll do something for you. Yeah. Didn't feel too much. I'm like, holy shit. I don't, wow. I'm feeling pretty good. Hop up back under the squat bar, wake up the next day. And I'm like, holy smokes. That was a mistake. Like yeah. I, so it just mass. It didn't, I didn't get healed. I just didn't feel the pain. And right, then right. what do I do? I'm like right back in it. So then you start realizing pain isn't the worst thing. There's a reason, like there's an evolutionary reason why your body's sending pain is to tell you there's a situation here and we're going to shoot so much pain. You're not going to want to do this. And exactly. that's for your own good. It's protection. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's protection yeah. because we're meatheads, right? It's almost like uh, a powerless friend. So to an extent, um, yeah, like you could take certain things to mask pain. Have, did you have to take anything to mask pain or were you just like, no, I, I, I that's one of the reasons, you know, I wanted to feel everything just so I wouldn't be numb to it and then do something stupid. Right. So, so I, I think I could have like at least taken some Advil every day just for like that first few months. Cause like I said, just sitting down, sitting up and like get into a car and driving. Like I, I couldn't drive. I couldn't, I couldn't uh, internally rotate my, my foot. So like driving was like so hard. Cause I was, <laughs> I was like having to like, I almost assist my leg to like pull it up and down. Um, so that was a little weird, but yeah, but I still decided to just, just not take anything and just let my body tell me what to do. Yeah. Right. It is the easiest. And if you're coaching too, it's probably the easiest way too. If you ask an athlete, like, are you taking something for pain? Cause if you are, this whole thing's a wrap. I got no idea. You can't even say, listen to your body. If, if right. someone's taking like even a leave and extra strength titles and shit, it's like, well, even then listen to your body might not work. 
Like we yeah. might be, well, you know. Well, later on, I mean, if we're talking about like my prep and my meat, I did take Advil and did actually negatively affect me. So we can talk about that later. Yeah. yeah. Well, how, in terms of, so that happened, what, what, what time frame is this roughly? So that was, I, I think that's April, 2019. So a year and five or six months now. It has a been a, a minute. Yeah. What does that do in terms of toll on you going to the gym and having that kind of a slow wave well, coming in? The, the saving grace is the Arnold. I was picked by the animal to do the animal cage. And I was, I had that squat squat off with Joe Sullivan. So, uh, so by, you know, by October, that was something, you know, that was on my mind. I think whatever, I don't, I'm not sure, but either way, towards the end of the year, that was something that I could train for. Um, Cause at that point I had no idea when I was going to do a meet. So that's, that's where I kind of like, okay, I have something to focus on and, and work towards. And so that helped me, you know, push myself in, in that way. Yeah. And then with the Arnold, it's funny when we bring up the Arnold because it was like right on the cusp of we don't know what's about to drop. It's like there's oh, yeah. there's a bomb about to drop and we have yeah. no idea. No, we, idea. I was like, oh, oh, this will be like a week. <laughs> if that, and even yeah. then, like, because we've, and, and I mean, now it seems like how would we, we would never know though. Everyone, if you actually take yourself back, you right. have no, there's no way your mind can conceive the whole world shuts down, economy no. shut down. There's no, no freaking way you would know this. When you hear rumors about this is coming down the pipeline, we're going to shut it down. It's like, come on, it can't yeah. be that bad. So we were so naive. It wasn't even funny. Right. It, Arnold was like our last, when people bring up the Arnold, I picture like our last naive, this is the way the world is, not knowing, no, nah, homie. This is no. never going to be the same. No, never again. Yeah. <laughs> never again. And you, um, when the Arnold got shut down, it was Joe Sullivan ended up, because he was on the podcast, pulling everybody from the Arnold into his gym and having yeah. like a little mini expo there. Yeah, I mean, like, like you know, the, the, uh, the powerlifting events were, were allowed to go on. And then at that point, they, they there's like mixed messages, like you could have an audience, you couldn't, but they weren't going to police it. So it ended up, you know, whoever wanted to go watch it, they could, they could get in without any problems. So luckily, uh, cause like my girlfriend, Kimmy was competing at the Arnold and then there's, you know, the XPC and stuff. So th those were going on, but yeah, Joe, you know, luckily has that gym and he, you know, spur of the moment, pulled everybody, all the sponsors, whoever was there, whoever were there together to, you know, have that event at his gym or this weekend at his gym. And at this time, were you already signed up for the showdown? Uh, I signed up like a long time ago because, um, because my sponsor, uh, Luke, who he right foods, he's the one running it. So I was actually, you know, part of like coming up with it. Cause he, you know, asked me a lot about what, you know, how to, how to structure and everything. So yeah, I, I was already on, on board since day one or even before day one. <laughs> it was ambitious, man. Especially if yeah. this is this guy's first competition. Well, it's, it's not. So he, his wife has... Uh, is a meat director for USPA. So she's, they've put okay. on meats before. Yeah. But it's All his right. first time doing obviously a big money event. Yeah. And the, the thing with the showdown, cause I had him on the podcast and he was talking about how it came about and yeah. he was like essentially saying, yeah, this was the first big one. I think this first one for him, but then, yeah. And then if his wife has done it, he, he had support around him. He had a team, which is good. Sure. You can never yeah. do this by yourself. Yeah. But he was saying like, we knew it was going to be big. But when we're starting it, there's a lot of big competitions 
So initially, early 2019, you're going to have like, you know, hybrid, you, you might have, uh, you know, Kern, you could have like IPF World Championships, USAPL Raw Nats. There's so many competitions in a year. He's thinking, all right, it's going to be big, but there's a lot of big competitions. And then when COVID hit, he had no idea the significance of the showdown competition becomes like, you're the last man standing. Yeah. But there's no more co big competitions and they're all gone. All eyes are on you and you're running the biggest one now. And right. he's like, holy shit, this is, this has grown in importance overnight, essentially, as soon as COVID hit and everything locked down. Yeah. And, you know, this whole time he, he was very optimistic about it, you know, like, oh, it, it's in September, there's plenty of time. But obviously with the way New York is and as it got closer, it was like, oh, shit. But he's just so passionate and, and dedicated to, like, putting on something big that, you know, luckily JP uh, and Ryan with, with, uh, in Kansas City, you know, offered to host it. And, and luckily Kansas City was pretty, you know, lax about the COVID stuff. So... I think uh, obviously we lost a lot of athletes and um, sorry, but, uh, lost a lot of athletes and um, you know the crowd wouldn't be, wasn't as big and all that stuff. But for for us who did go, like fuck yeah, like we wanted something, <laughs> we wanted to compete uh, regardless of the circumstances. And anytime we do these meets, like we get to see all our friends or people that you know we talk to you know, on, on Instagram and on, online and, uh, you know, it's, it's more like, you know, like a social gathering too. And, and, uh, you know, our, our one of the few chances that we can all get together and just, you know, be, be lifters and hang out and, and be amongst, you know, like-minded people. It, it is like a neat, it's a niche group, man. Yeah. I know what you mean. It's like, yeah. you see, we are, we're all a little different, man. I yeah. got like a normal day job. People go to normal day jobs. You're a power lifter. You stick out like a sore thumb, right? Like yeah. if you're like trying to cut weight or whatever the hell, and you're just lifting oh, weights, yeah. going through all these injuries and people don't get it. And it's such an arbitrary sport and we get, we take it so seriously and get so into it. And we're looking at people's videos and shit. And they're like, what the hell are you talking about? Like yeah. it's wild when you tell, yeah, we got podcasts and they, they, they get blown away when you tell people like who aren't in powerlifting, how big some lifters are in the following that some lifters have in the notoriety yeah. worldwide. And they're like, where's this person from? And you're yeah. like, well, that, that dude is from Russia. Like you're telling yeah. me Yuri Belkin, like from, yeah, yeah. from Russia. You guys like, oh yeah, same circle. You know, like everyone's, it blows people away. So I know what you mean where a lot of people are missing that right now. Like they don't have these competitions. They, they might have to stay local. And that's yeah. where I was wondering when this was going to happen, what, even if the competition, even if he was sure enough, I can run this. I'm not going to like, I'll find a venue. <laughs> he, the, with the hoops he had to jump through to make this happen, but he was determined. Okay. Yeah. And he, yeah. he had money up. It was yeah. his own money. Right. Yeah. So like if he had sponsors and sponsors, like, he had some sponsors, but the majority is his own money. Yeah. If they were like, I could only imagine, it's probably easier if it was his own. Because if it was sponsors, companies, they'd be like, son, is this happening? Or what's going on? What's going on with our check? I think we right. might want to take our check back. If he was right, counting right. on other people's money, I would, he wouldn't even be able to sleep at night. No. But um, the fact that he was, he was dead set, this is going to happen, helped a lot. But what kept this thing as the showdowns, the roster, it diminished. Yuri was going to come among other people. It diminished.
but it still kept star quality. It yeah. still had the big names. Yeah. And that's when it was still the showdown. Yeah. Yeah. I, we're, we're, when you saw the roster diminishing, were you thinking at any point, am I training for something that's like, did you start getting shaky about it yourself when you're making your training? Uh, I guess very, uh, like, a tiny bit. But like I said, Luke was so determined. Like, he said uh, he, he runs – he has, like, a, you know, meal prep company. He's like, shit, I'll do it in my, my kitchen if I have to. <laughs> so, like, I, I knew, like, he would do everything possible. Uh, but, you know, if, if at the end of the day, like, it didn't happen, then it didn't happen. And that's just kind of, like, the way the year is. Like, you, this year, you kind of have to just expect to get fucking let down because <laughs> that's the way the world is. Uh, but, yeah. but, you know, we're, we're also in this group chat with a bunch of the, all the guys, um, from the showdown and, you know, Joe was planning something in the back too. So that was going to be another option to, you know, to do something like he did the honor where we just have like a unsanctioned fuck it meet. Um, you know, it's just one way or the other where we're, something was going to happen. Um, you know, we all wanted to like, just go lift or just go hang out and just get away from, or have a little escape from fucking 2020. So, um, but like I said, because of the group chat and, and who I knew who was still involved, um, I knew it was still going to happen for the most part and um, that, you know, there would be enough people uh, to make it happen. And your man, uh, John Hack, moved in. He's local to you now, right? Yeah, he moved uh, here back in June. Yeah, May or June. So his, so his girlfriend lived here. Uh, she had lived here for a while, so uh, he, you know, decided to move out here. So he, yeah, he's uh, about 20 minutes away from us. Doug, you guys are like the new dynamic duo in powerlifting. I see you guys posting <laughs> up, making funny pictures and stuff. How did you guys meet? How did you guys befriend each other? Um, so the first time we ever met was actually at the Arnold, I would say, two or three years ago. And we are we met at, at a dinner, and it's so weird because – He's so quiet and he's an introvert for the most part. Uh, but we just happened to uh, be at this juggernaut dinner and he was there with uh, Kristen Dunsmore and I was there because of juggernaut. And then we just sat together and we just kind of like hit it off then. And then added the fact that he started uh, his girlfriend. So his girlfriend goes to the gym. I, I go to originally uh, or go to. So whenever he'd visit, he'd work out there and then we would just, you know, work out together and all that stuff. So, that's kind of how we, we started and started growing and stuff. And then Big Bango, he made the move over here. So do you guys train together now? Yeah, uh, for the most part, because he also trains by himself just because he likes to. And, uh, uh, his, you know, his, his, you know, if he doesn't need it, you know, it's like a light lift or whatever. He doesn't need me or anything, um, plus scheduling wise. Um, so, yeah, I would say for the most part, we lift whenever, whenever uh, he's not training by himself. Yeah. How often do you train by yourself? Um, I would never say by myself because uh, I have like a regular training partner before he came, and then um, you know, I kind of just I like just our whole gym is very um, powerlifter like I guess like powerlifter I guess friendly because it's a coaching gym so there's a lot of coaches they're always coaching uh, uh, these uh, athletes and um, everyone kind of knows powerlifting etiquette and all so it's like a good really good vibe and so i guess i'm never alone <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. Uh, you know, and i have a group of friends and stuff where we always lift at the same time so um you know we, we have, it's really like one of those gym families so 
Uh, technically, I'm never alone, but I do have one consistent training partner, and his name is Steven Trotter. And then John comes, uh, you know, a couple times a week. It's so it's so weird. That's another thing that people don't necessarily get is like a training partner lifting, and yeah. people people who are outside of it are like, "What does that mean? What is that?" Like like you're at the same gym. I'm like, "Well, no, no. Like you can be at the same gym, but you're not your training partner lifting. Yeah. Like a lifting partner would be like you share the same bar." And it's like, what is that? What is the significance of that? No, you would Yeah, you got the same split. Right. Bar, you help load each other and uh, this, this. other's weight. That is a big part. That <laughs> is big. Yeah. And then, you know, you get feedback from each other. You're always helping each other out and calling each other's bullshit on, on depth or whatever. And it's just always having, you know, a good uh, feedback and um, obviously safety too. If you ever get a training partner who's peaking for the same meet around the same time, oh man, it is, it is, it is like yeah. fucking, it, it, it can go either way because you can maybe push each other too far. That's when someone gets hurt where you're like, you're feeling yourself a little too much. Like, you're like are you <laughs> feeling this? Is there magic in the air tonight? Your buddy's like, yeah, there is. And it's, <laughs> if your coach is in the room, he's like, fellas, hey man, you know, but sometimes it could be like, I've had both. So I know, I know exactly what I mean. I remember when I first started powerlifting, uh, I had a mentor of mine who was showing me the lifts. There was a powerlifting, like a whole club base and in this gym. And, but the, it's different where everyone's there, but you're training alone, so to speak. But everyone's yeah. around. So you shoot the shit when you're in between sets. Right, right. Everyone's around. That's fine. But and every now and then someone works in for a squat session. You got squats today, me too. Same height. Don't got to mess around with the rack height. Let's do this. Um, and that's cool, whatever. And uh, so those will happen every now and then. But when, but for the first time at one point, like three, four years deep, me and my boy were doing, we're from Canada. We're doing a road trip down to the U.S., same uh -huh. competition, and we're going to use the same rack heights. And my, my friend, it was like a band that jams together and fucking put out the Beatles yesterday or Hey Jude. It was like, whoa, it's happening. All of a sudden you're like, we got to try this again. It, um, it's, it is that momentum that you can feel at the same time where you're like, you know, when you're a little more amped up and he's yeah. going through the exact same thing you got to go through and you're going to drive down together the whole nine. It's fine. It's perfect, man. Yeah. Well, so this particular prep or peak, was a little different because funny enough, John and I have the same squat and bench height. Uh, but like I knew this meet was not going to be like, like I said, like a great meet where I PR everything. It's just kind of a comeback meet. And meanwhile, I'm lifting with fucking John where everything is clicking. And it's like, it's humbling, but it's really inspiring too. Um, so like <laughs> this, this, I would say like most of this meet, I was just like, I want to like help John and do whatever he needs to do. Because obviously he, you know, I just want him to like reach reach his greatest potential and, and help him with whatever he needs. So it was just more like that's that's what a training partner should be. You know, you're just trying to push each other, but also, uh, you know, um, I guess want the best for each other. I, I I've also so in saying that when me and me and my man did that. And yeah. we did our, we had our Hey Jude moment, if you will. <laughs> we also had our, so we're like, hey, is this a band? Let's fucking put out another hit. And um, then we had our flop. And oh. that's because um, I was, I got hurt. And oh. then it became kind of like you were saying, 
so we're we're trying to redo the magic. It's not going to happen, right? The band's yeah, yeah. breaking up. But uh, when we would go in, load up the bar, and he's smashing a great day. You can also, when you're not, when you're dealing with injuries, it can be a stitch, like a little envious. We're like, yeah. God damn it, man. I am not, uh, you know, you, you can be, fuck, it kind of makes you a little bitter. Sometimes when I get injured like that, and you're dealing with pain, and you're not hitting the numbers you want to hit, sometimes, and I don't know if this is a, the wrong way to take it, but that's when I kind of want to shut in hit it by myself, strip the weights, not be encouraged to go heavier and just stay in the pocket doing my thing. And um, that's when your boy can pull you out of pocket. Sometimes you're like, cool. Yeah. You know, you're, you're feeling it and you're trying to get back into it like you did before. You're like, come on, man, let's get this going again. And you're like, oh, I keep re-injuring things. And so it can work both ways on you. On the yeah. flip side, I remember tinkering with a couple of days, not showing up or whatever, because it's getting rough. And um, there was something to be said for when you come in and, um, and your boy was like, he's already at the squat rack and you came in late because you're like having a 10 minute conversation in your car. Like, fuck, what am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah. you're like, um, this is not going well. And when you finally walk in and he looks up and sees you and that smile hits and he's like, you know, you're like, this means something. Not everyone even has that. I mean, you can yeah. impact it and you can be like, yeah, all right, yeah. man, this isn't kind of like you said, this isn't about me right now. Fine. No, you no. almost come to terms with, I had a bit of hope I would turn it around in time. It's not looking like it's going to happen, but I'll continue showing up on the days and we'll get it going. Because you realize, man, you can impact somebody's momentum and somebody's exactly. energy when they're doing something. And oh, with, yeah. jo with John, freak dude, what was it like when you were like, I think something special is going to happen. <laughs> right? was... So obviously I've always known like he's special and like early in the prep, it was like, it was progressing like, you know, slowly linearly. So it was, you know, just, it was, Oh, it's, it's impressive. But like, I, I expect John to get stronger, but then six weeks out, his bench goes from like five fifty or five forty to five fifty to five sixty to five seventy three, five seventy eight. I'm like, who does this? fuck like yeah no one does that in four weeks right yeah so um that's when i was just like all right he's just you know on another level like something's just clicking and his deadlift was too so um and, and the funniest thing is the way he programs himself it doesn't make any fucking sense <laughs> is he programming as, himself like does yeah. he not have anyone does he have anyone looking over it or is it just totally he's, he's no like we'll talk himself. about it and I, I ask him questions and and um but it's very intuitive and some sometimes he'll he'll plan it out like whatever eight weeks out ten weeks out but it's still week to week and he might change it up uh, just by how he feels and and the guy does <laughs> i know john will hear this he does zero to to like maybe one accessory <laughs> <laughs> like he no he is that jacked Without even like doing like accessories and all this hype, like any bodybuilding stuff afterwards, he just he just goes in, does a squat, and just gets big. <laughs> Jesus, man, that's frustrating for like yeah, every single lifter listening to it. So he literally just goes in there, though. He does essentially what we see on Instagram, and what does he do? He pieces out. That's it. Okay, yeah. So like, I mean, like on a, a higher volume day, he'll he'll do a top set. Then he might do like uh, some pot, like let's just say squats. Top side of squat, 
do some pauses, and then he's done. <laughs> or he'll bench. Or he'll bench. Well, it's either SBD, but as far as like all the, the a lot of like variations, like RDLs and all that stuff, he doesn't do any of that. And then uh, like all the accessory, accessory stuff, like pull downs and back and arms, zero. That's wild, zero. man. Or, or it's very, especially in prep, that's like down to zero, uh, like eight weeks out. But for the most part, I would just say overall, it's very small volume. Um, but obviously, he's developed it over the years and finds out what, what, what works for him. Because honestly, like he just, he got bigger throughout the prep and he wasn't doing much. Like, <laughs> it doesn't make, he doesn't make sense, man. I know. And then I found out like in high school, he was like 113 pounds. Oh my God! Yeah, Late Yeah, as a wrestler, yeah, he he gained like twenty pounds at in freshman year uh, college. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, so he, how much? So you say not even much volume, even like he doesn't no. do a lot of. So this no, is. I, this, I would this I would say everything. I would say in a in a bench workout probably three actual sets working sets. Yeah, maybe a top set and like two down sets. That's it. Dude, that is so little work. This yeah. is mind boggling. I know. I know. <laughs> how, is this, how is this physically possible, though? I, I don't know. I, that's why, like, that's why I tell everybody, or you know, see on the internet and all his comments, and like, people are like assuming what he's doing, what he's taking, or all this stuff. I'm like, you will never figure it out. You will never beat John Hack. Just don't even try. Yeah. Like, stop asking what shoes he's wearing, why he's doing high bar, like all these things. Like, you just won't be him ever. So. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no wonder he programs for himself because he will. He would never find a coach who would think this is what we're going to do, because yeah. it doesn't, on the surface, look like this should ever work. Yeah. Well, by the way, he was also doing this online strongman competition for a brief, a, a majority part of the peak when he was oh, doing wow. uh, clean and press and strict overhead press for this online strongman competition. <laughs> so just mucking around. Add, add that in there. Right. Yeah, it's it's wild that he could just be like, I'm gonna muck around with this a little bit and just yeah. add it in there and whatever. It is yeah, what it is. It shouldn't have accomplished next week. Oh, back. is he? Yeah. Oh yes, I think yeah. he did. Yeah. I saw yeah. something the about strongest that. man. So yeah, I think because he because there's weight classes in that. Yeah, there's a uh, there there's like a middle weight which is like 230 and then but like some special weight classes will be uh, I think it's 200, so. Right, because I think there's essentially a 105, so it's like a two. Yeah, yeah. There's a 231, and then there's 31. like a 90. It's like a subcategory. Yeah, subcategory. Right. It's not on every like obviously not a world strongest man. So. Yeah, yeah, but it is a world. They call it a world strongest man, do they not? Uh, I think so, but not like the not the actual official world strongest man. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. Brand. John's not going against Eddie Hall and Half Thor Bjornsson. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> no. No. So 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 going into this prep. Um, or going into this competition, what were what were your expectations? Were you thinking, did you have numbers you want to hit, or was it purely I'm just gonna have fun and enjoy it and kind of like you said, soak it up? Um, so, uh, so in April, was it April or March was when the Arnold happened. I think March, and that's when I did the 700 for eight. And so after after that, I was like, oh, I'm on a roll. Uh, my squat's gonna be back. Or it is back and that's gonna you know it's gonna excel and, and i'll be stronger than ever but probably like a month after that when i started picking it up again i i strained my other adductor so mm -hmm. so by at this point i had kind of like taken put deadlifts on the back burner because of 
because of the squat competition and because I was just deadlift also hurt my growing too. So I was, I had to minimize how much I would put myself through as far as, you know, my actor and growing. So, uh, so deadlift was really behind and then I, I injured my other, or my other adductor. So now I took like six weeks off squatting heavy. Um, so, so during prep, I was like, I don't know what, how much I'll get back. I don't know, but I'll just be happy with a bench PR because bench was going pretty well. Um, so that was my only goal was to just uh, put up a bench PR and then just finish the meet uh, relatively heavy or healthy. Um, and I didn't know, you know, how many of those lifters would show up. And if by some chance, by some miracle, I ended up in the money, obviously that would have been fun or cool, but there were just too many monsters who even, even on their off days, you know, placed well. So, um, mm. but that was, that was like a very small, like obviously goal, but like I said, just bench PR, which I didn't get and then finish healthy, which I semi did. Uh, <laughs> so. Semi did. You go, I left a piece of my fucking soul back there. <laughs> no, so, so on my last squat workout of prep, uh, I did take, like I was talking about the Advil thing. I took Advil because my elbows were on fire. Um, so I took Advil so I could squat. And so during like one of my last warmups, uh, my right lower back just like swelled up and just tightened up. So I was really worried. Um, and, but I ended up hitting A15, um, but my back was killing me. Uh, and then I have a massage guy and he, he just found like this giant knot like spasm thing. But anyways, I was hoping like, yo, two weeks off, it'll be fine. Um, but I think all that after I took mask, how much it really hurt. Um, so at the meet, um, after my second squat, I re-aggravated it. So I still got my third squat, but I was hoping to go away more than 815, but just the way it felt. And then after that, my back was just jacked up the whole time. Mm. So it kind of affected my bench. I couldn't just push it as much as I wanted to. And then deadlift, I was just dead by then. So, so you know, overall, I, it's not like an injury. It's just very, you know, tight and it's spasm and it's just enough to bother you. But, um, you know, it'll go away in a few weeks. So, but uh, so obviously I'm disappointed with the bench, uh, not a bench PR, but at the end of the day, I'm fine. I had a good time and I'm glad my boy pulled it out. <laughs> you, even though it wasn't like a, a PR day, yeah. squatting 815, 370 kilo, like it's not, it's not a PR, but it's still within range of what Andy should be doing, where it's like, okay, right. we're, we're not there's there's a lot of hope here there there's it's not like a, and it's not way off the mark you're good uh bench 507 uh what is that two 230 kilo it's it's not crazy off the mark we're talking five kilo off the markish 15 10 15 pounds off previous like if you want pr after that but it's close yeah. enough where it's like you know what my strength is you know i didn't show up here for no reason i put up some right. decent numbers you can feel good about considering a year ago you know, you were driving your car in pain and, and you're using your yeah. hand to adjust. I think the, the biggest victory for me was squatting 800 pounds because in the back of my mind, I was like, I don't want to like blow my shit out again on squats. Right. Uh, so that was in the back of my mind. You know, if, if I go down with this, am I going to come up? Is, is something's going to, am I going to get hurt again? But obviously it was just a small injury. It wasn't anything minor or anything major. So that is definitely a, a victory uh, because I know I have the strength for a little bit more. 
my best is 843 on uh, squat. And, you know, I think I have the strength to, get, to be close to that, but um, obviously just couldn't display it on the day. So I think I can pick up where I am now and add to it. I don't have to like take any steps back except maybe a few days let my back heal, but definitely my strength is, is back to 95% of what it was. Well, the journey from here to putting 30 pounds on the squat isn't very, isn't a big journey. So no, you're, it's a you're, small percentage. Right. Percentage so you one. know, you know, with Lee, it's like, okay, we're getting close. This was good warning shots. Now, did you suffer any kind of PTSD when Rob Philippus got injured in the warm-up room? Dude, how is that when you're squatting and you're just coming back from injury and you see something like that and you're like, oh, be still my wild heart. Like, yeah. like, I can't do this right now. Okay, so that happened in the warm-up room right after I finished my warm-ups and I walked towards the platform to like wait out. And all of a sudden the whole gym hears this giant like thud. And then uh, then you see Rob like run out of the warm-up room. He just He just dropped it walked out and then just left the building for a while so like, <laughs> really? yeah, yeah. Like every, no one i know the, everyone thought he just left um but at that point i didn't know what happened yet so luckily i didn't know for sure what happened with him um so i didn't know till after squats and i actually talked to him and he had a really positive attitude and you know he was like showing it to me he's like oh yeah whatever it's fine i'll just you know work around it so I think he's obviously had a lot of injuries too, so he's kind of has a great attitude about it. But um, you know, that's that's not a you know a small injury. No, like if for anyone listening, so quads like Rob, Rob Philippus, yeah, who's got the biggest quads in the game. Okay, yeah, yeah, there's yeah, a reason yeah. why they call him quad. Wow. Well, we no, okay. No, we had a, like three or four years ago. We had a quad off. He's like half an inch bigger than me. And he oh, also okay. Weighs, weighs, he also weighs a lot more than me. But that's true. Wow. That's because. So- that's because I have big hamstrings, so it kind of averages out. But, yes. Pound for quad, pound, you might be the biggest quads in the game. I'll, I'll let Rob yeah. have that because he also has the, the name of it. So. That's right. Well, he's well-branded. He's all branded. <laughs> but, um, but for when the biggest, arguably the biggest quads in the game go pop, and that yeah. bad boy snapped. He was showing some pictures. And yeah. with, like, the man is a monstrous squatter. We're talking into – like four, four ten, nine oh three rate. Like he's monster yeah. squatter. Yeah. When he's got that bar loaded and his quad pops, that's a frick ton of weight smashing on the ground. And that's a big ass quad that's gonna pop. I can only like I, I can't imagine how scary that'd be for him. And it's good thing you weren't there watching because your first meet back from an injury squatting, if you would have seen that and then like, Andy, you're up. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. You're Not on the back. platform. Bar Terrible is loaded. Timing. Bar is loaded. You're on deck. Let's go. That would be terrible. At least you didn't know until afterwards. Yeah. But uh, I had to rattle you a little bit. When you got there and you seen everybody, you know, there's one storyline actually that I want to ask you about. Everyone, so everyone's showing up, converging. Uh, you know, for some people, it's a, they're not even flying because they want to fly. So they're in a car driving. It's big drives. So everybody's converging onto the meet. Um, and it was in St. Louis or just outside of? Uh, Kansas City. So St. Louis is like two and a half hours away. All right. Not just outside of yeah. <laughs> Kansas City, but um, forgive me, I'm Canadian. It's so fine. everyone's converging on Kansas City. And all of a sudden, I get a message saying, hey, we, like, every, all the, we, we started talking about when I had Dan Bell on here, Luke Knoll. 
and Luke Nall, oh, yeah. him and Luke Nall showing up and having that showdown at some point. And he's like, you know, uh, Luke Nall's posting and I reposted him saying the records aren't safe, yada, yada. And yeah. he's like, I don't, I wasn't, I didn't really want to stick around powerlifting too long. I want to hit certain things and leave. He's like, but I might stick around for a showdown with Luke Nall. And then um, we brought it up again. Me, me and uh, Bright, who were who, the meat director, yeah, yeah. Luke Bright were talking about it, saying, "Man, like we, Luke, no, I don't, I don't know what Luke Nall is waiting for. He might as well hop in here for a showdown, go head to head with Dan Bell before Dan Bell leaves. Dan Bell's the number one in wraps, number one, number one outer wraps. Let's do this, right?" And Luke Nall messages Luke Bright, who's a, who's a meat director, and says, "Hey, heard your podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I, I want in." Yeah. <laughs> right, and I was, and I was like, "Oh, damn! This is like, like, even no matter what happens, it can only add to the hype and be another storyline." So yeah. I'm posting, I'm hyping it up, and um, obviously, Dan's gonna be like, "Oh, okay. Well, this is somewhat last minute, but it is what it is. Dan's not one to back down from nothing." But did you guys hear about all this happening? And what was your take about the semi drama leading up to? Um, so I we heard it. Uh, we didn't. I didn't hear about it till I read or saw it on your on King of the List. So, um, and then obviously I. So I, I look. I know Luke too. So I I texted Luke and he said, "Yep, I'm doing it." So, um, <laughs> but that I was I was really excited. But I I nothing against Luke, but I know he's not close to Dan yet. He he has the potential, but he's still young and fresh and kind of far off. And I mean, this was like his only second like real meet, first sleeve meet. So. You know, I, I, it, it definitely added a storyline, but I, I didn't think it was going to be like a competition, honestly. Right. Um, plus, he wasn't peaking for it. I think he was. I think he was thinking about uh, like a surge meet. It's like in two weeks, so he's kind of peaking, but not you know totally peaked. So, um, but it was definitely something you know I wanted to see because I just I like Luke, um, and I was hoping you know he would have a great day. It's it's one of those deals too where he's got nothing to lose. If he no. shows up, like you said, look, and I got, I'm, I'm a few competitions deep, but the hype on me is getting big. Yeah. It's Dan Bell. He's got the number one total in wraps and in sleeves. Yeah. Nobody has out total Dan Bell yet. So if I show right. up and I don't out total him, well, nobody in history has, though. Yeah. So, so, what, so if, what, if Dan, what if Dan misses his third attempts? Bro, we look at, we've seen what happens when big boys shift big weights. Yeah. You know, ask yourself, ask Rob Philippus, anything can happen where a strain happens. Look, Ray Williams bombed out at the IPF World Championships and yeah. Jezza, who consistently wasn't beating him now, was like, okay, well, now I'm the world champion. Yeah. You, you shoot your shot. It's like the old Wayne Gretzky quote, I missed, they're like, you took, a, you have so many goals. And he's like, you don't know how many times I swung and missed. He's yeah. like, but I missed 100% of the goals I fucking didn't take. Yeah. So I shot like crazy when I got to the NHL. And it's the same deal where the showdown rules, it's the biggest meet in, in the 2020, show up, man. Who knows? Maybe, well, maybe it's a so-so day. That's, that's what's missing in powerlifting, I think. There's just so many meets that people can choose from. And I think a lot of top lifters duck the big meets um, and they're afraid to go head-to-head -head with the best because – Going head to head in the same competition brings a whole different level of competition and strategy and energy that you can't do if you're just competing months apart, hundred miles, thousands of miles apart in your local 
fucking high school gym with all your friends and your judges uh you know so it's just i think it needs to happen more of that and obviously shout out to luke for stepping up and just taking a chance and um showing up and doing his best and he still came out <laughs> fifth place even though he had a really you know a relatively bad day for his standards obviously but um i, I know that he's a competitor and he's just gonna you know keep getting better oh i love that he that he was willing to step up like yeah. it's not only the energy of the lifters but everyone watching dog there's nothing worse than like if you want to if you tell me michael jordan is squaring off with primetime kobe bryant and they're going head to head yeah i'm gonna watch but if you tell me do you want to watch Jordan shoot some three throws and see how many he gets in a row before he fails? Just exhibition. Hey, we'll call it a record. Maybe no one else has ever done this many three throws in a row. I probably won't even. I'm not staying up on a Saturday night for that, bro. I'm going out doing something else. But if you're telling me a one-on-one with Kobe Bryant primetime, somehow these guys are in a prime to go and at it. Yeah, I'll watch that. I'll free my schedule. But that's what sports are is competition. Whereas if people like move out and be like, I'm going to go for this record, not when the guy's there, but I'm going to go for his record. So I have all of my attempts lined up. Nobody can bully me around to if I miss an attempt or if he misses an attempt or if he goes up and chips one of my squats. So now he's slightly ahead. And you know, no game planning at all needed because nobody else is there to really oppose me. It's just I'm going to go for this record, Wilkes or whatever, total record. That's a whole nother – I respect records, obviously, but if you're a fan watching – if you're expecting people to go nuts for that, yeah. like I'm watching you squat, bro. Like, yeah. it's like watching a, like people, nobody knows what your record is except for you and people in your weight class, even in powerlifting. Like yeah. if you tell me there's a record coming up, I'm excited, but I am a powerlifting dude. I repost every day <laughs> at nauseum and I'm right. at like all the worlds and all the rest of it. Like I have to, this is what I do and I don't know all the records. So you have to no. tell me. However, if you tell me, like, these two guys are going head-to-head, John Hack and Belkin, Noel Bell, good. That's yeah. a sport, man. I'm in. Yeah. You don't got to yeah. say no more. And, yeah. you're like, I agree 100%. That, when that's missing, our sport suffers. Yeah. You know, we need to see yeah. more of that. Speaking, yeah, that's, that's, what so I like about, that's what I like about USAPL and IPF. You have to go to these meets in order to get to the, the, the next level, and you have to square off with the best – of the best and that's what's missing in the untested side it's it's um we see it where like you can crush massive weights in in the gym and then you can go to a local competition a little stiffer but sometimes it is in your fucking gym right a local competition could Literally. be in your let's be honest and yeah. the same the same dudes you train with could be the same dudes reffing and officiating and stuff so that's another thing but We've seen when people show up at U.S. Raw Nats and they're like, oh, I expected the squat to be a lot. Oh, but I thought the total would be, yeah, that's because it's sport. It's yeah. not training. Yeah. yeah. Everybody looks like Muhammad Ali when they're in the ring just sparring and fucking around with their boys. But when yeah. you get in the boxing ring for real, yeah, things change. Ask like, ask Jordan what it would probably, I keep using Jordan because whatever. <laughs> the last dance was very impactful on me. Yeah. But um Ask even even those guys when they play scrimmaging in like a pickup game or whatever it is, it's one thing. But when it's the NBA championship or the MLB, you know, it's a whole nother level. And you yeah. see it. 
And there is a difference of people say like gravity's gravity, weight is weight. Don't believe it, man. There, there's a reason why you, you watch USAPL Raw Nats or the Showdown or IPF Worlds and you're like, oh, how come this dude's bench, this dude's squat isn't as big as, because it's different when there's competition there. Yeah. Because, right? This is what we're missing. Yeah, from, from like with me, like just from the, the few nights leading up to it, I'm so anxious. My sleep isn't as good. Uh, when I'm warming up, there's, there's some thoughts in my mind, like, can I do this? Or, you know, is the moment too big for you? Mm. Um, you know, you're, you're thinking about that all through warm-ups and all these things. And, you, and then let's not forget the weight cut. And, you know, you're not in the judging. And you're not going at your own pace. You know, there, there's a meet uh, or there's flights and all this other timing. That's not your timing that you're used to. And then there's a crowd and all these things. And then there's JP announcing and there's music. There's, these are all different things that you can't mimic in the training. It's a lack of, basically we're saying it's all the things you don't control. Yeah. That's what all the things you listed, which is 100% right. There's yeah. so many things outside of your control. And then if you're trying to compete against someone to win, now you have that variable. Right. What is he going to do? What is she yeah. going to do? Whereas yeah. when you don't, when that person's not there, all you got to worry about is yourself. It's so yeah. much easier. They say to alleviate anxiety in any kind of sports performance, it's, focus on yourself and you'll be okay. Well, that's yeah, right. way easier when you are basically unopposed chasing a record. But when there's like, if the competition's deep and you got so many people to worry about, then it's like, well, I can't just, if I'm going to win, I have to pay attention. What, speaking of, what, when it comes to these competitions, do you, are you handling John? Is John handling you? Who's handling each other? Are you guys, how is it when you guys are back there warming up? Um, I mean, this is something we talked about beforehand. Um, John, is very particular about his handoffs, which I am too. Um, so John wanted me to hand off for him, which to me, uh, you know, whatever, four or five handoffs is not a big deal. Um, and then I am too. So actually my workout partner actually flew out there. I mean, <laughs> I mean he didn't go there just to like lift off. He, or he, yeah, you know, yeah. he, has, he has friends there and, and, you know, had a good time. But, um, but I had uh, my friend uh, Ryan who, uh, it's with JP and they, they own the gym together. He was, uh, he's also Hunter's coach. He had agreed to handle me. Uh, also Trevor Jaffe uh, was handling me too. So I had a more than, more than enough people to handle me, which sometimes is good. Sometimes it's bad, but I generally already had a plan going in uh, with, you know, backup plan. So it was kind of all, I'm very like, you know, about like looking at my numbers like a thousand times. And so I, I already knew everything was already planned. So, um, that that part of it was pretty stand or pretty set up, and then same with John. He has all his numbers ready to go. So, dude, the best would have been if the story really was. I had a. I'm very particular of my handoffs, and yeah. you got you had a guy fly in just to hand off, and then <laughs> when bench was done, you're like, yeah, get out of here. Yeah. He didn't even stick around for dead. Get out. He did done. your job. He yeah. he flew four hours. He's like other time zone. Hands you yeah. off, and you're like, all right, get bye. on a plane back. Get, get on, on a plane. plane. You did your job, but I'll yeah. check is in the mail. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and you treat him like that too. You do the prima donna. Get the fuck out of my face. Handoff was adequate. Get out of here. But uh, yeah, no, I get it. I mean, and I also get when you're talking about how sometimes like it's good to have handlers and there's good sometimes it could be too many people too many chefs in the kitchen so to speak where people are trying to 
get the perfect sauce. We're like, okay, guys, let's let's take it easy here. Yeah, I, I mean, luckily this media was like the pressure was not high for me and my numbers or whatever it was that day. But obviously for someone like John who's trying to win everything and, and has these goals, that's a lot more, you know, calculated and, and intense. What was it like? Because he, cause he's an introverted dude. Yeah. You guys are close. Okay. Um, and you know, because you're a competitor. But like we just, on every podcast leading up to, we just keep bringing up John. And then I'm posting posts like John versus Yuri and shit like that. And I'm, we're just yeah, yeah. hyping it up. This is, what yeah. we, this is what we do. How does he handle that? John, John is super duper, duper competitive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but obviously he's very humble and, and he's not one to talk shit. Um, so I'll do that for him. <laughs> but <laughs> but right. like I said, he, he, he would love to go against Yuri. He wants to go against Jamal. He wants to go against the best. Um, he's just obvious, but he's also very confident in himself. Um, and he, he knows he, he, believe it or not, he still stays in the pocket. Uh, just like that bench you saw, like he had way, way more in the tank, but he just stayed in the pocket. Um, he, he's, I think that's why he's had such steady progress is he doesn't go for like these outrageous like numbers in the meet. He knows what he's capable of and he, he knows what he wants to do and he's already planning for the next meet and the next meet. So he has like a big, always like a, a plan for something. But in, in leading up to it, does the pressure, does he ever talk about, because I know he sees it. I tag him and he, and you can see some season he's seeing all of the hype and all the talk and everything. So yeah. even if he shows up, it's not even, it's weird because he's not even just battling everyone who showed up that day. He's battling everything that's ever been done. If that makes sense, because people are like, well, Yuri did this, you know, and yeah, Yuri, yeah. he actually just out totaled Yuri's sleeve. Yuri earlier in September did a sleeved. Yeah, and yeah. I think John out totaled by two and a half kilo, but <laughs> you, you better believe everybody knows this and everyone's like, well, and then Yuri's going to go again. And it's not just Yuri, but there's also Jamal. There's also like, you know, everyone's looking at it and John can't yeah. really escape it. Um, does he ever mention anything to you or do you notice when the, when the competition rolls around? Uh, no, he, I, he's not bothered about it at all. He's, he's not going to go outside of his pocket. Like he can't, he can only control what he control. I mean, for the most part. So it's not like he can pull a 900 pound deadlift out of nowhere. So he knows like his upper range. And if, if, if someone beats him fair and square, obviously like he, there's nothing he can do about it. So he's very realistic about it. Um, mm. But I know talking to him, if he does what he's capable of, he's going to win. 99.9% of the time. So he just has to execute his stuff. You know, like, yes, there's this back and forth with Dan, but if John would have hit all his attempts, he should win pretty well, uh, easily. Uh, he was a little worried when they switched from Dots back to Wilkes because uh, it favors Dan more, Wilkes versus Dots. Mm, yeah, um, so that, sure. that was a little, uh, he was a little mad because the whole time we had thought it was Dots and then they switched it like a week out. Had that, had they said that the whole time, he would have been, you know, obviously more okay with it. But whatever, that's the way the game it is, the way the the way the rules are. Um, but yeah, he's he's just he he has that plan. He knows what he's capable of. He can't you he, no you can't expect to just pull whatever number you have to to win. You just you can only do what you can do. So he's really aware of what he's capable of. I got a feeling though, friend. If it was like. 
what do we need to win? And you're like, John, 900 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. On the right day, he may be like, God damn it, Andy. <laughs> Load up 900 pounds. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. It depends on, depends on the situation. But if it it's was... A, Yuri Belkin, the hype is crazy. It's yeah. Yuri Belkin. The buddies are nuts. And he's like, whatever. And they're, well, if you miss it, you go from second to fifth. He's like, fucking, I'm one or I'm nothing then. You know, maybe. We'll see. That's when things are, yeah. everyone loves when somebody does the old, we're going all in. Right? Yeah. We're going yeah. all in. Bet yeah. everything. We're, we're uh, going to drop it, that. It, so that, there's that competitive side, but he's also very practical. So it's like, all right, I either win $7,500 or I win $5,000. So it, like I said, it's- But it's he's Captain always, America. It's, it's he's, he's Captain I America know. though. He's defending American honor, sir. I know, but I, I think <laughs> I think for, for like all time world record against his biggest rival, yeah, he's gonna fucking send it. So I know. Yeah, yeah. I hope, honestly, I hope at some point, like Luke Bright said, he was on here. Um, and he was like, I, that is the dream matchup. If I could put things together and on the women's side, and we'll talk a bit about the showdown, what we saw on the women's, um, Mariana and Steffi too. But yeah. that depends on where Steffi wants to go in terms of powerlifting. She's taking time off. She's, right, she's right. a boxer now. So, I mean, it is what it is, right? Let's yeah. talk about the women's a little bit though. Yep. Um, I was thinking that we would see, and, and like Hunter Henderson had a really big coming out party here smash some big weights, took second, and we knew it was going to be Mariana is the Wilkes queen is, and is the one to beat. For I mean, sure. she's, she's absolutely phenomenal. Posted up a 650 Wilkes, which is great. It, did this go around what you anticipated? For myself, Hunter definitely lived up to the hype. Um, she's also relatively new to powerlifting and still making yeah. some quick gains and hit smash some big weights. Yeah. Is this how you thought things would play out? Uh, yeah, because even if Hunter hit all of her lifts, uh, she missed two. Um, I think Mariana would have still won pretty well because I think Mariana won by like 31 Wilkes points. That's a big gap to make up, you know. It so, was a spread. Yeah. So I this was kind of what we expected or I expected. Uh, and, and Ryan, who coaches her, and also her boyfriend. So, um, yeah, it went how I expected. Um, I don't know a lot about the other girls. Uh, sorry. But uh, I just care about Hunter more. So, it, it went how I expected. I think Mariana didn't have a great day, uh, but she still smashed records like she always does. And I heard she cut a lot of water or a lot of weight. I'm not sure how much it was, but I, I knew it was like a significant amount. Which is kind of weird. Because, so she did a bodybuilding competition not that long ago. She's absolutely yeah, probably, yeah, diced. Probably three, four weeks out, yeah. Which is, and the, it's extremely strength sapping to do a bodybuilding show. And she's diced. Yeah. Shows up and still had to cut phenomenal water. I don't know how long she could stay in that 123 weight class. That, that was, she's got to be at the tipping point. We got to be looking at her because she wasn't 123 previously. She right. cut down to face off with Steffi, if I'm not mistaken. That was the yeah. big shocker when yeah. her and Steffi went toe to toe. And that was like yeah, an yeah. amazing showdown. But right. she's got to be at a point where I can't make 123 anymore. Well, and, and what else does she have to left to prove there? You know, she has every record and. Um, but yeah, and, and who is, who, if she goes up to, goes up to the next weight class, she can still weigh in at a light 125, whatever. So I think for, I don't know how, I can't say how much she suffered or how, you know, obviously she can take a lot of pain and suffering. So 
I guess obviously that's up to her and her coach, but I think for the for longevity and for health reasons, she'd probably go up. Yeah. Because she sure as hell isn't going to do a bodybuilding show leading into every time and get that dice. <laughs> what if like, that's just her way of dieting down? <laughs> that's a good force of pressure when you've got to go on stage and get judged. You're like, I think you're going to be on point this time. Yeah. Just keep scheduling bodybuilding shows, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is good mental games here. What about the men's? Um, I loved seeing the Joe Sullivan podcast. First off, when he came on and told his story, absolutely blew up and people loved it. He dropped a lot of good sound bites and the guy's an inspirational guy. Yeah. He, he actually broke down twice and got me damn near close to getting emotional. Oh, yeah. my, man, yeah. my man opens up like a book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, um, I'm glad. How happy were you that hitting a world record squat, he wasn't sure. He was like, no. he was saying, look at, I'm not sure how things are going to go. I'm going to go there. I'm going to have fun. And we see what happens. And, yeah. you know, that's the way powerlifting really is. You show up on that any given day. But after the podcast, when people heard his story, everything he's been through and the whole nine, so many people were like, God, I hope this guy, like, good, whatever happens, good for him. But, you know, when you like want somebody to do well, you're like, yes. I hope the story ends well. And yeah. a world record squat doesn't get much better than that. Yeah. Yeah. So with Joe, uh, I've been following him for a long time and I've known his story for a while because we did a podcast with him in the past too, but um, because of where he's come from, but also now, or sorry, in all his injuries and he's always yeah. had great training cycles, but he'd always get hurt or it just couldn't quite put it together on the platform. Um, but after, you know, competing with him uh, at the Arnold at his gym and then just all the people he coaches and touches, you know, everyone loves Joe. And obviously he's super passionate and cares about powerlifting. He's just a great ambassador. Um, and then we actually cut white together, which you saw in our, our stories. He was not doing well. Like, really? Was he yeah, not? He, he, I think he had like, when I showed up, he had like 12 pounds left to cut. Holy okay. sugar. So like, I only had to like, I don't know, do two and a half total hours uh, at the gym, but uh, he had to leave like at nine o'clock. He, he, he was like five pounds off. And I just, we didn't know if he was going to like even make weight. So that's how like, that's how, so when he did get that squat, I was like, Oh my God, after what he went through yesterday, just to make weight, like it, he just wasn't, it wasn't coming off. And he, he was just, he looked very almost defeated, but, um, but luckily he weighed in fine and uh got two ivs at the same time uh that was crazy and then his dad was there his dad's hilarious if you guys haven't heard him talk about it he's he's just so like uh so 100 behind him he was he was in the sauna with him uh it was just awesome to see the relationship and then just for for joe to pull it off um it was awesome because I, I knew he was going for that and it was just I didn't I wanted him to do it, but I didn't know just from 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 his training, like he squats high in training. I tell him all the time or I call it, but it's not because I don't like him, it's because that's what I see. But he always does pull it off in, in the meet where he'll he'll squat low. So I knew he could do that. It's just now you add in the water cut and the circumstances, we don't know, but fucking he did it and I'm so happy for him. It's um for anyone who hadn't heard the podcast, first off, double back, listen to the Joe Sullivan podcast. I can't yeah. recap his story. It's freaking crazy. <laughs> yeah. But in terms of the relationship with his dad, his dad, his mother was 
sick on dialysis, insane, the medical bills stacking up. His dad worked three jobs around the clock. He never saw his dad because his dad was always working. They wouldn't have money. So his dad wouldn't eat and Joe would eat. He remembers as a child being like, why am I the only one eating? Later on, you realize like it comes to you. He realized as a looking back, like there were times when his, his, his dad would take them to the dumpster behind the pizza place and they would be eating old day old pizza. It's crazy shit. So yes. when you hear a story and his dad's coming, you know what it means to him to have his dad there and the type of support he has. So when Joe, and you're right, like, he talked about on the podcast, he's dealt with so many injuries. He's had so many good training cycles, showed up, doesn't come through on the day in terms of the competition like you always want to. And then when he shows up to this one, for him to be that overweight and to be killing himself in the sauna, if anyone's ever had to cut weight, and the weight, it sounds like he cut, when you walked in, he had 12 more to go. It's freaking, when you're at the bottom of your weight, weight cut dehydrated, the feeling is absolutely terrible. We're not talking the worst hangover you ever had. We're talking like a flu that you're like, oh my God. And I've been, I've never cut that much, but I've cut bad cuts where you start questioning, am I going to turn around? Is the strength going to be there? When you said like, my man looked a stitch defeated, <laughs> you, the, the mental games you play when you got a crazy cut like that. Yeah. It's terrible. You actually yeah. be like, if I feel like this tomorrow, there's not a chance. I, all the shit I talked in the podcast and on my social media about go get them and inspirational is going to be a really bad story. There's no Disney ending for us if I no. feel like this tomorrow. And you don't know, you're like, I hope I rebound. But you don't know how your body's going to respond to being dehydrated like that. It's terrible, man. And you guys look like, um, it was like a Turkish bathhouse in there. How did you get so many dudes in this? How big was the sauna? <laughs> it was huge. It was, it was huge, huge, dude. I, I would say it was a Lifetime Fitness Club. And, and no, if anybody doesn't know, Lifetime Fitness is like a giant, almost like a country club gym. They have like fucking, they have a salon there. They get your <laughs> basketball courts, like pools and karate. Like, But anyways, the, they have like actually two different saunas. But this sauna was, I would say you could fit comfortably 10 people in there. You know, so I think it, at times we had eight at least. It looked like you guys were having a party in there, though, dude. That, that, so made, it, that made it that made it a lot better, obviously, because you could distract yourself talking to each other. Right. And you're all suffering together and then you get out of it together and all that stuff. But even when you're in there and and you were talking about it, you, you just feel so helpless because you you're in there, you're trying to do it, but nothing is sweating or every time you weigh, not much is coming off. You're like, God damn, how many more times am I going to do this? You know, how is this going to affect my weight? Like. John, John had to lose like seven pounds. It wasn't that big, but even after his saunas, he there's no way he could drive, you know. So you're 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 just asking your body to do something obviously that's not normal and not good for it. So, um, but uh, I obviously Joe has a wrestling background, so they're used to cutting weight and all that stuff. So um, it, it it probably wasn't too shocking, but obviously it's still not fun and yeah <laughs> you never know what's gonna happen yeah he was he was well inspired i'm sure after everything look at man a week out he's breaking down twice on the podcast talking about everything like in terms of motivation and inspiration to dig deep and go through hell i'm sure he had it it's yeah. here's another okay so when you go on a podcast there's some people that when i reach out to do a podcast leading into a competition some people like ah oh, man i don't want to you put pressure on yourself because a lot of people are going to hear this and then we repost on King Lifts, like th things you said, whatever. And it's like, I don't know if I want pressure. Like, I, I just kind of want to, 
You want to almost show up with nobody, no expectations. Nobody's even looking your way. Leading into it, you want that. You want, don't yeah. look at me. Look at the other way. There's no pressure. Who cares what I do? And then um, you just, hey, if you do really well, then you want everyone to see it and be like, hey, repost this. This is great. The problem is what you'll get afterwards won't be as big if you don't throw, roll the dice ahead of time and build the pressure. After yeah. the fact, it's a lot harder for me to be like, did you see the UFC? Let me show you the highlights. If you didn't buy in before the outcome yeah. or, or for anything, any sport, if you didn't buy yeah, in yeah. before the outcome, your pleasure of hearing the story afterwards is a little diminished. But whereas if you bought in emotionally, you heard this guy's background or that girl's background story, that athlete, they're going yeah. in. You're like, fuck me. I really like this guy. This girl. Right. That, their, their story resonated with me and you care. Now you bought yeah. in. But the pressure on that person now, knowing that you care, knowing you bought in and knowing some people might be reaching out. You see Joe Sullivan's Instagram story. He got flooded with well-wishers. And you know when you're in that sauna and you're like, oh my God, and you feel like hell. You're like, holy crap, I hope I don't let everybody down. So you're yeah. willing your way. And then it's that pressure you feel, the sleepless night, whatever. It's tough. And yeah. I get it when people say, I don't know if I want to do a podcast. It happens and I often enough that people like not leading into the competition, maybe afterwards, fair right. enough. And I respect it, right. but the payout, if you're willing to, you know what, I'm going to do it. Yeah. The payout for people buying in. And then afterwards you become like, it's just so much more satisfying for everybody who followed your journey and then afterwards watched it. And then afterwards enjoying it with you. And I yeah. see it when I, when I do a podcast and somebody like, like something of that happens, everybody's on board. But it's yeah. tough though. And you probably realize like you've been around the block and been in enough situations like this. Yeah. I mean, pressure. I, I'm different because I've done so many podcasts and hosted. Right. Them. That's so, true. That's yeah. True. Um, but I mean, I, I can't speak for other people, but I like pressure. I like attention. I like when I lift, I think I do better when everyone's watching me. So at my gym, I love when everyone's like focused on me, all that stuff. And if I fail, I also know that like people aren't going to like talk shit about me, but I'm also not an asshole, but it's like, I can't speak for other people. Uh, but at the end of the day, if I fail, I'm well, my worst critic. I would be way more harder on myself than anybody else. So I don't care if I let other people down. Um, I just don't want to let myself down for the most part, but, um, so yeah, that's all I can say for myself. So I, don't, I mean, doing a podcast, also the people you're asking to do these podcasts, they also already have a following. So they should have some level of uh, comfortable or at least be used to having more attention on him than like a no name lifter or someone with a smaller following. Right. Yeah. Dude, so, the only thing is your, your people are your, your supporters. King of list people are... Powerlifting oh. fans in general who sometimes tune in because they don't like you or because or like you yeah, know yeah. what I mean where it's more well, yeah, generalized. For, so for sure, yeah. So you might right. You can stay in pocket. I know you mean it is true that like by the time you have enough followers, you're kind of used to okay, Jesus. No matter what, I have to put out a post afterwards to say what happened, how things went. Cause there's a lot of people who watch my journey from week yeah. to week and you can't just go radio silent and be like, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'll pop back up in two weeks and pretend this didn't happen. Right. When you've got like a hundred thousand people be like, Hey bro, yeah, what happened? Right? right. So it is true. You do. There is a slow climb in terms of that. 
But um, yeah. yeah, man, I mean, there's, it's like at IPF Worlds for one year, they said, uh, after, after the lifts, we want you to follow somebody, put up with a, like there's gonna be a camera and we put microphones in people's faces oh, and, yeah. and ask some questions. And for power lifters, for myself, it was awkward. Yeah. Uh, hang on a second here. I got my computer here. I got to change that. Bear with me, sir. For some reason, it's saying my battery's low. Okay. I, I thought it was plugged in, though. One second. Okay. We're back. But um, uh, so what I was saying, it was kind of like, I, I myself wasn't used to doing the interviews, but I noticed some people who are used to social media and making posts, when you're caught off guard right after a big event like that, and you got a camera in your face and a microphone in your face, you see people who are usually relatively comfortable in front of the camera, and all of a sudden you're like, holy smokes, man, I'm out of my comfort zone. And if things didn't go the way you wanted it to, like, you know, the emotions you feel on the, like right after something happened, oh, like yeah. right after if, if, if you bomb or you didn't go well, or if it went really well and you're like thinking about dropping F-bombs, there's a lot of things. There's like things that powerlifters aren't used, used to. So when that kind of stuff happens, all of a sudden you throw a camera in the face or a mic in the face, it was so different than other athletes who are so well-schooled with PR. Right. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? And we really aren't. We gotta make our own PR. <laughs> but in terms of uh, you know, podcasting, whatever. How is your podcasting going, by the way? How are you doing with the COVID? With not having competitions, with not having, like, we had this one, and you were actually prepping for it as well, so it's kind of tough yet, you're kind of doing a whole lot. But without competitions and whatnot, it's a little different, isn't it? Yeah, so about, I've been really quiet about my podcast. We haven't done anything since uh, COVID started. And also, Brandon actually decided to step away from uh, the podcast and powerlifting in general. Uh, I won't get into that because that's his business. Um, I can talk to you about it later. Um, but um, I wanted to wait till after this meet. And then I think I'm going to like, I'm still going to do a podcast. I just, I'm trying to, trying to see how I have to pivot and like what direction I want to go to. Uh, John, and I, John and I have talked about doing our podcast together. Um, I've had other people who wanted to like co-host. So um, it'll be, like I said, it's still in the works, but definitely I'll have a podcast and uh, you know, hopefully the world's back to more normal and there's more meets and all that stuff. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and it'll be just a different from my previous podcast, just cause I'll have more, I'll have all the control, I guess, uh, as far as what I want to do. Um, but I do miss it. Uh, but I also don't, <laughs> uh, I don't know how you do so many all the time. It just Dog. gets repetitive. <laughs> <laughs> it's, here it is. Here's what I find. So yeah, like it does take up a chunk of your time and a chunk yeah. of your energy. And if you yourself are prepping or you got a lot on the go, it can be tough. And then you're a coach, you're an athlete, and you got a powerlifting podcast. It becomes a whole, and your your girlfriend's a powerlifter. It becomes a whole lot of powerlifting, isn't it? Yes. And it becomes well, and and my day job, I own power, Iron Rebels, so that's a, a, a powerlifting during the day, powerlifting on coaching and then going to lift powerlifting i don't want to like do more powerlifting yeah you're right it becomes no balance where you're like yeah if we do too much i'm gonna start hating this i don't want to hate this i'm, I'm gonna yeah. i need something else and yeah. um i totally understand that we're yeah uh yeah so that but on the flip side especially with covid talking to people is not the worst thing because you don't see oh. people as much yeah yeah 
and you do, there was something about exercising the soft skills like socializing. It's like a muscle. If you don't use it often, you know, you could become introverted or more introverted than usual. Or if you're right. already introverted, you know, take yourself out of your comfort zone. Like when you force yourself, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to bang out an hour, 90 minutes, whatever the hell it's going to be. We're going to do a conversation. You get, I, from when I first started podcasting to now, I remember when I first started podcasting, I felt uncomfortable if I didn't have a co-host with me, knew yeah. somebody that like, okay, if this thing doesn't go too well, I'll just turn and talk to you. Or, you know, like it's right, like a right. safety cushion. Yeah, it's like, it's sure. like I, I had a parachute. Oh, I, had, yeah. I, I had two parachutes. Yeah. You know, I was that guy. Oh, no. And um, so if things don't go well, I'll just talk to the co-host or, or whatever. Right. We're, we're padding, we're padding our numbers, so to speak. Right. And um, after a while, you get more and more comfortable with it where you're like, listen, we'll, we'll bang out an hour, no matter what, how shy the person is, introverted, whatever. I'll carry the load and you start getting confident. Like I'm good enough now. I've done so many of these talks with people who kind of understand me, people from yeah. Europe who have like, this is not the first language, culture is right. totally different. Um, right. I'm like, you know, <laughs> where you just in enough situations and you just get better and better at that skill. And man, social skills is like a soft skill that is way under, underappreciated, I think. Yeah, definitely. Especially in this day and age. Yeah. Well, that's also especially powerful. I know there's a ton of like introverts too. So it is hard to like get them to open up. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. Well, you can get into powerlifting because you could just be yourself banging out some weights in your fight. You throw on right. some safeties and you could just do this yourself. You don't need a team. And, or you have one buddy that you train with. Show up that day. You don't have to coordinate with anybody else. Um, yeah. But one thing about powerlifting that I found though is when you start having people on, holy freaking smokes do you have some moments where you're like holy shit i didn't know this about you yeah like when garrett came on and told <laughs> me about being a, a son of like 16, 16 siblings yeah stories of heroin being a heroin addict and the whole like it was like wide-eyed i had no idea or yeah. i remember I'll, I'll never forget when cc holcomb um now cc ingram at the time cc holcomb was was going to come on she was the wilkes queen and I said, Cece, I don't know, I don't know a whole lot of your background. You kind of came out of nowhere on me. And uh, sometimes I have stars coming out of nowhere with powerlifting. I said, is there any questions that, that you think I should ask you for like a story or a background story that you think is pertinent that you think the fans should know? And she said, uh, yeah, ask me why I started powerlifting. Okay, yeah. fair enough. That's pretty basic. So yeah. I said, Cece, why did you start powerlifting? <laughs> and she said, when I was 13, um, I was yeah, raped. But yeah. I, a man held me down and raped me as a 13-year-old girl. And I promised myself nobody will ever overpower me like that again. Yeah. Pause. <laughs> Doggy, I didn't know that was coming. Right. And I'm like, holy. And this is a moment where you're like, that, that person was... And she hadn't done podcasts before that. She hadn't been out with it. And I'm like... You don't know how to react to that. These are no. situations in real life I wouldn't be, most people wouldn't be. And it's one of these deals where you start realizing like, it, is, it, it means something to have a platform where people are going to come on and, and open up like that. And you, they would never open up to you like that ordinarily. Not over, no. you, but they know there are people listening, who knows who's listening that might need to hear this um, going through something. It's, it's yeah. for someone to come on your podcast and just be like, 
here, knowing exactly what it is. Yeah. And, and it's, again, it's not their people necessarily, their followers, it's King List followers. Right. So it's just a broad stroke. Some people want to hear you because they like you. Some people want to hear you because they don't. Some people are like, I don't know who's on this week. I'll check it out. Maybe I'm yeah. going to like this guy or girl. Right. When you come on the podcast and someone opens up like that to you, it's like, it's crazy, man. I, I'll never get over it. Like when those moments, CC was a massive one. Right. But um, I've had a few, a, bunch, a few of those. Um, Julius Maddox, his background. Tell, tell me, so I was going to ask, this is my follow-up. Have you had that where you're doing a podcast? Have you, and somebody, the vibe started, someone just opened up and you're like, holy moly, I did not see this coming. Yeah, it just became real. Instead of just powerlifting, it became right. real life. And you just, you know, you forget that, you know, we're all people with super weird or super diverse backgrounds. And, um, you know, we never know what their story is. And I, I love it too when that happens because it's just something that, you never knew and you're just thankful that they felt vulnerable, vulnerable enough to share with you that they mm -hmm. probably would never share with, you know, even some of their closer friends or something like that. And let alone just letting like thousands of people hear it. And I, but I also think that that's like a, a cry, not a cry for help, but like just something in them that want to like let people know like more about them and, and, and show that they're not just a power lifter. Uh, or if they're trying to, you know, inspire somebody and, and with their story. So I, yeah, it happens plenty of times. And we, we both interview kind of like some of the same people. And I just love hearing that. And um, that's what I like. That's why I like doing the podcast is it, it, it makes, it lets people see and find out that we're not just powerlifters and, you know, we don't only eat, sleep and drink, lifting and eating. So um that's yeah that's why i like it we we come we there's so many people so many different backgrounds it's not the prototypical i think i got this person pegged they're like a meathead whatever and right nah man you you the different backgrounds is insane yeah. and um it is it's it's i don't know how to describe when someone's willing to get that vulnerable with you yeah. knowing knowing like you're like man i'm there's going to be a lot of people who don't know you, you just opened up. Like if you, if that many people were in the room, you would never grab the microphone and say oh, this. No, no. That's what it does. I think that's what it is. I think that's what the magic is. And sometimes when you have a conversation, you don't necessarily realize how many people and, and people just, it spreads too. It's not even yeah. the people who heard it. It's people who like tell Talk people through word of mouth. Yeah. Holy shit. Did you hear that? Yeah, um, yeah. And that's why it's brave, man. When people come on here and maybe they, for a second, they just let their guard down and maybe, like CC knew ahead of time, you know, yeah. she said, ask me this question and yeah. she knew. So it was like, wow, man, it's bravery to be like, look at, she probably, she's a grown up now. And she probably knew, like, I know what it felt like for myself. So if anyone's listening and they're dealing with some shit and the more I have people on, the more I realize, man, there's some people dealing with some shit. When you have your podcast, do you think you want to do more like, because you've done this and, and you've, look, King of this podcast has morphed. We used to have people on, my man. We used to have people on, so I used to always have a co-host, and they used right. to always have pre-made questions, being like, um, "How often do you squat? How often do you do singles? What was your favorite moment? What was your?" I, I would have like a list of twenty pre-made questions. Yeah, you know, and this was. It. I'm trying to free flow it, but just in case to dive into. But then I started realizing the podcast that I enjoyed first off 
and then that other people enjoyed were you go in there and get background stories. There's a million and one podcasts, YouTube's out there in terms of how do you program, how often you do this, how often do you do that. And I still do it because like I'm interested sometimes as well. Like right. when you're talking about John Hack, that's crazy interesting. Right. Let, let's, <laughs> right. you know, let's be real here. But yeah. um, but also background stories and, and the free flowing chat style. I'm a huge Joe Rogan guy. I like, I enjoy listening to that and I enjoy engaging that. What do you think you want to do when you do this next podcast? Is it going to be structured with like, some people have like, now we have a round, I have a game at the end, the last 20 minutes where I do this. And I don't, I don't not enjoy those. Um, It's just, you know, it's just different than what I do. Um, I yourself. So I, I do want it to have a lot more free flow. Um, I want, obviously like you ask, uh, before you have them all, you you ask like you know on your story what kind of questions you have for. So I want some of the listener questions, but I also want to add in more like uh, segments where I'm talking about coaching, coaching stuff or or tips and all that stuff. So more informational stuff on on the coaching side, um, but also want to do like more random like question like hot five personal questions like. You know, like, but this is just making it up, like, you know, whatever that thing is, like, uh, murder, kill, fuck, like, ah, shit like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, know you, know, you can get gems with that, too, though. You know, yeah. it sounds funny, but, like, you know, when, what people will say yeah. <laughs> could be a sound bite where you're like, oh, wow. And that opens up in a whole nother conversation. Yeah. Um, and then also, I think for the most part, I obviously, I want, I'm going to be the host, but I want, like, different co hosts. So, like, Garrett has talked about being a co-host, which obviously Garrett would be a, a great co-host, but I also don't want to have Garrett on 90, 100% of the time because Garrett is a little too much sometimes, which he knows, which is fine. But I just I just want uh, different people to like do different things. So that's what I'm thinking in my head so far. Um, but no, I don't I don't like the structure. I, I like I know what you're talking about, um, but I also don't um, don't want to just get, sit on there, get on there and start rambling either. Because some some people have those and they do well too. There's something yeah. for everybody. Yeah. And, but, um, but my my previous podcast, I, I think it just got repetitive and I just didn't enjoy it anymore. Uh, it was the same thing over and over, and so that's part of the reason why I haven't done any since. Uh, but also because my the, the previous co-host and the structure is not there anymore. And then COVID well, comes. COVID comes, and then there's no meets either. And then all of a sudden, what you're talking about is gone as well. So now you're like really at a point where you got to make some tough decisions. Yeah. You you also don't necessarily have to do every episode the same. Um, And this is something I've thought about too, where like, like Mondays, Mondays could be an abbreviated one where you break down form and get more coaching. And people expect Monday's episode will be coaching. And then Fridays. Friday's episode, we're going into the weekend is more freelance or maybe it's more fun with the murder, fuck you, whatever, right? Like, right, right. so you can actually do it like that where you're like, I don't want to be pigeonholed into even every episode, but right. maybe if you have an ex, because you don't, you, don't, you don't want to be where people don't know what they're tuning into because right. then people are like, uh, you know, you're trying to please everybody, but right. you could be like, look, you tune in Monday, this is what you get. You tune in Friday, this is what you get. And then in the middle, I might have somebody on a Garrett Fear or whatever. The beautiful thing that you're in position right now is you're at a grassroots ground level. We could do whatever the hell you want. You get to rebrand. Yeah. That's tough to do when you're already like established. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what the, 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 the hesitation is, is I just want to be, 
I want to do my thing, but I also don't want to turn away uh, list, uh, kind of my former followers or right. current followers too. So, uh, but at the end of the day, it's it's just for fun, and you know, we're just doing this because we love it. Yeah, so. and you were thinking. I mean, look at if you have people like Garrett, John Hack. Would you ever have a female co-host? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Who do you think? Who, like, is there anybody in contention that you're thinking? See, I've thought about. I like having it as a host. I don't know if I'm gonna have another co-host like on a regular. I had Kafui on here. But it was um, once COVID hit, you know, you can't even be side by side that close and whatever. Yeah. So I don't uh, know. What were you I think, uh, I think Marissa would be a great guest host. Marissa Inda. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. She's um, got a lot of personality. She does have a lot of personality. Um, man, who else? I can't think of any off the top of the head, but I, well, I, don't I did not commit. think. I did not think of female co-hosts, so. I didn't either. Here's the thing. It's, um, it's different vibe if it's 100, like the co-hosts that are there. Well, it depends if you're rotating co-hosts. But it yeah. is different, a dynamic. A man and a woman is a different dynamic than a man right. and a man and a woman and a woman. Yeah, and I'll also I think if, if I have a woman co-host and then we're interviewing a woman, they might have a different, you know, interaction. For sure. Obviously. Yeah. Or if I just get out of the way and just don't even host that, <laughs> I don't know. And then six months I, I down rather, the road, you're not on your own podcast. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> They're like, you know what we noticed? The numbers are great. Which <laughs> you're like, how did I'm this just happen? a producer now. You start yeah. producing. You're a cameraman. You're like, what the shit? This yeah. happened. Wow. Yeah. Also, like John and I had talked about doing YouTube again because he has a YouTube channel. I do too, but. YouTube is one of those things you have to like constantly put out consistent content and mm -hmm. um, it's just hard to think of all these creative ideas. And I don't want to become like a Bradley Martin and doing all these crazy things. So that's hard too. You don't want to spread. Here's the thing, man. You don't want to spread yourself thin. I also yeah. have thought about those kind of things where you, you find yourself doing things for like a following or content and you're like, yeah. I don't know if I'm fully into this shit. Right. I don't care about watching YouTubes. Like some YouTube channels are like, watch me do six Red Bulls in a minute. And it's like, I, and it gets a million views. You're like, I couldn't right. give a shit less. But right. like, could you do silly things to try to, like, that's just, that's, like, that's honestly a video out there. But, and I know as politics, we're not going to do that, but you could do certain things just for attention, but your heart's not in it. And you're like, right. that's when you're going to start hating what you're doing. Like, this isn't going to last. I don't, right. I don't like this. Whereas if you find a situation you enjoy, you're going to do like way better at it it's not going to be work. You're going to crush as many. That's, that's the more of the longevity in it. But I know yeah. you mean where YouTube is still, there are some powerlifters and some massive YouTubes. Yeah. Yeah. And, like and if you're coaching and giving coaching skills as well, it's almost one of those prerequisites, right? It is. But like you were just talking about just spreading yourself so thin. Like right. I don't do one thing where I need to rely on one, uh, any one particular area, like with what I do and neither does John. So I think if we were to just, do something so formal and so like structured it, it might take the fun out of it so it, right. it might be it might be like we do a podcast once every three months hey, <laughs> whatever dude. hey dude i guarantee people still jump in on it and if you yeah. throw up the youtube video of it yeah you know yeah. or bad. or me me and you we just uh and john to do like or or you, you do like a couple like round tables you get a couple of different guests 100 that'd be cool yeah 
100 percent, dude yeah you get round table or just like a special in terms of something pops up there's always if you just wait for some moments like a big competition's coming up yeah. get some people around uh leading into a competition or you or a big event just happened whatever the hell this event just is did you uh, did you speak of that did you pay attention or follow the uh that lift lift for fun lift for charity thing that ls put on i saw I saw some chunks. I saw some like highlights. I didn't watch on the, um, I forget what I was doing that weekend, but I was like, I was checking the highlights, reposting when I could, but yeah. I wasn't actually on it. Did you? I, I, I didn't like subscribe to the Twitch, but I just saw whatever videos are posted on, on YouTube, but, or Instagram. So yeah. that, that was a cool, interesting idea. And I, I would have gone, but it was the week before my meet. So there's no way I was going to do it. Oh, and do some crazy lists, but um, that I think that's a great thing for the community, and they raise a lot of money. Um, so hopefully, um, and, you know, people start doing more stuff like that. That'd be cool. It was ambitious, and it is um, like I like seeing it as well. That's why I like I reposted whenever, um, and, and yeah, just, just drew some attention to it. I wasn't affiliated yeah. with it or anything, but it was yeah. a powerlifting community. What, what also so, helps too is there's a lot of people I had no idea who they were. And I just saw them on there and, and I started following them. So that's cool too. Yeah, yeah, man. Someone shows up and it's kind of outside of certain people's boxes. Like on, uh, well, on your show, are you going to have on mostly untested or are you going to have on some IPF people or do you just, because previously uh, it was mostly untested, right? Uh, that's only because Brandon didn't know the tested side. I know okay. a lot of them and I, I'm on both sides. So I don't care, whatever. But that was kind of why we chose more untested mm. who Brandon was more familiar with. Um, but no, I don't care. I would just, whoever's interesting, whoever I want to get on, I want to get on. That's good. Cause it's a whole nother market, my friend. And in <laughs> yeah. terms of, um, in terms of like actual lifters, like USAPLs and IPF is like on a massive amount. So when yeah. you open it up that way. Um, yeah. But it, like in terms of those events, like you were saying, 100%, people who maybe you wouldn't have ordinarily known you, you meet through one of those events and round tables is a good idea where you yeah. have like some people on here through zoom, man, it's easy yeah. enough to coordinate yeah. and just have like five people bang it out. Like yeah, on the, when the decade closed, um, I had on uh, Mike T who brought in the RPE method for powerlifting. Yeah, he yeah. is the forefather of RPE for, right. for powerlifting is used previously in other sports and he kind of brought it in. I had on a Bryce Lewis actually who helped put together that event, the lift for charity mm -hmm. event. Yeah. And I had on um, Arthur Lynch from a different podcast. And we did like a round table when that decade closed, who was top three most influential people in powerlifting, who was top three best lifters, who was, and we just did a round roundabout talking yeah, about yeah. the last decade. And those yeah. are fun. And, yeah. and to your point where maybe just every now and then, if just, you know, so there's no burnout, just organizing, let's have a fucking dope ass round table with some big names that everyone yeah, yeah. knows. And we ask some questions like whatever, and we go around the table and we ask some big, some of it can be programming questions, but some of it can be some questions like who was the most influential person for you coming up or who was the most, and it can be debatable. Yeah. You know, like who was the yeah. most influential power lifter of last year? And yeah. people will be like, well, it's got to be this guy. And you can have like a, it's interesting to hear people's take on it. Yeah. Or do a round table. This would be if Brandon was still on this and be like, he'd be like, okay, murder, fuck, kill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> like, dog, you don't do this for a round table with the people we got. It took me six <laughs> months to coordinate this. We're not doing murder, fuck kill. <laughs> but you got guys like Mike T be like, what the shit? <laughs> what are you talking about? You'd be surprised with how they are behind Oh yeah! Listen, everybody, phone, right? <laughs> you lay your hand out a little bit, have a couple yeah, beers. Have a couple beers, yeah. That's, That's what right. I love about like nationals. After like they're exhausted from coaching fucking thirty people that day, they can't wait to get to the bar and fucking smash down a few and relax. And that's when like some of the greatest, you know, conversations and, and fun times happen. Yeah, no, for yeah. sure, dude. Uh, the 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 anxiety is high when you're handling other man, if you're handling six people because yeah. you don't have control over how they perform but you have a lot of responsibility and yeah. here's another thing lifters they often deflect so if they have a shitty day the handler's a good one to be yeah. like yeah man he didn't know what he's doing so yeah. you get you can get pretty anxious because oh god i hope everyone does well and okay. the day goes at the end of the day like i need a drink yeah i'm yeah. dying here i've seen like at IPF worlds, you get flown out. Some of these people are paid as coaching staff and like yeah. the, and they have reports when they come back uh, to their nation, they have to fill out a report, what you did. They, they go over all your attempts and they actually be like, look at Andy was actually ranked um, sixth going into this. And he finished off on ninth. Why did we lose three spots? Yeah. And you have to answer it to me. So they're like, like graded. Yeah. This is, re- this is yeah. some real shit. Yeah. Like yeah. it's, it's, and then, um, like, we're paying your way, so I don't know if we're going to have you on the coaching staff next year. And it becomes like that. So, yeah, man, it's like a job. So, um, yeah. anyways. But, um, listen, absolutely, it, I, I'm on my end. How are you doing for time? I'm, I'm at 9.30. Oh, I've got You're... plenty of time. But I've, it's 6.30 here, so. Okay. Uh, but before we go, I do want to, like um, – I do want to highlight some of the other lifters from the showdown. Who yeah, okay, let's do this. Let me pull this up. Yeah. Um, you're right. You're, you're, sorry, you're six. Yeah. Cause you're three hours behind. Okay, cool. Let's see here, sir. So who were some of the breakout performances? Oh, tough about James Strickland. My man was on the podcast before he talked about phenomenal stories. Um, he's been chasing 700 pound bench. His he, James Strickland's podcast. I mean, his father was murdered and then, um, pull it over, trying to help a guy on the side of the road, a good Samaritan, and ends up being murdered by this individual, met the guy in prison as an adult. This is when he's a child and went face-to-face with his father's murderer. Like, it, it, dude, you want to talk about when you sit down with somebody and they tell you a story, you're like, holy smokes, James. Mm-hmm. Um, so he had a torn peck. So of all things, he squatted, deaded, but couldn't bench, and he was going for the 700-pound bench. That's a tough one, uh, tough pill to swallow, but um, hopefully he bounces back from that. Is there any other stories here that you've seen? Any other breakout stars? Yeah, I think, uh, hold on, let me pull this up real quick. Um, first is Shane Heller. Yeah. I mean, that guy came out of nowhere. And if you see him in person, he's just this massive dude. And he's still got so much room to grow. But he squatted 81 and the most in training he touched was 788. So you add a hundred pounds to how much to the lot, to the heaviest you've done in, in training. Like that's just fucking ridiculous. Um, but he, he went, I think eight for nine, but he just had a great day and came out of nowhere and he's whatever top four all time at three Oh eight. Now, like this is like a potential Larry Williams, Lily, Eric Lillibridge, like, you know, uh, 
whatever uh, level type guy if he continues on on a path. Yeah, and just then, pulling him up a four like yeah four hundred kilo squat eight eight one, which is absolutely phenomenal. He's twenty seven years old, and uh, really just kind of started hitting stride recently here. If you if you're pulling up his numbers on open powerlifting, but this really was his coming out party. This is somebody that actually Luke Bright had messaged me and said, dude, Shane yeah. Haller really showed up. Yeah. To a big competition too. Yeah. When all eyeballs are watching. Yeah. And and uh throughout throughout the meet I just he was cheering everybody on. So he's just a super great guy. And then his training partner, uh God, I don't want to forget his name. Big big squatter. Uh the fuck? I I have he, um he, he squatted eight sixty five at the meet, uh or nine sixty five. Nine sixty five. Oh big wait boy. a second. Big boy. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Let me let me nine sixty five. Craig Foster Jr. Yes, Craig, yes. He had a great day, uh, with a you know, with a monster squat. I mean, the way he comes up with the, the squat is just like I think it's like Jessa, where it's just super fast. A lot like Jessa, actually. Yeah. That's a really good comparison, dude. They yeah. they're built similarly, descent <laughs> yeah. similarly. They're, they're so they're squatting style, right? They're squatters. Yeah. And he has the same problem as Jezza. And I say problem, he's you know what? Jezza was the perfect Jezza being anyone listening, the current IPF world champion um in the super heavyweight class. So just like Jezza, monster squat, huge bench press. And um, well, not massive bench press, there's bigger benches, but a very reliable bench press falls off on the deadlift. Yeah. And just like Jezza, who, when he won the world championships and it came down to the deadlift and everyone knows Jezza struggles with the deadlift. It's just the way they're built. They're built to squat, but reaching down for that bar is going to be difficult. So uh, obviously Jezza ended up hanging on by the hair on his chinny chin chin and got the YPF world championship. But Craig Foster, exact same thing. And he's definitely got a good future ahead of him, but a massive squatter, just shy. I mean, he's close to a thousand pounds in sleeves. Yeah, in sleeves. Yeah. Um, so I think those are the two. I mean, I, I had coached two guys in the 220 class, uh, Jake Benson and Josh Lentz. Josh Lentz had, uh, he had the world total world record on his mind, uh, but he, he like strained his quad on his third attempt squat. So that kind of put a, put a wrench into the, the plan, uh, but he definitely has that, that potential to take uh, Kaler's uh, 220 total record because uh, Josh is a high, high 700 squatter, a huge bencher, and his death is coming along. So hopefully he just puts it together one day. I just, I hope he's, he's right there, man. Really yeah. Close. yeah. That's close to be that number one spot. And it's tough when, uh, I mean, it's too bad Kaler didn't show and we yeah. could have had a showdown between them. Right. That would have been nice. Uh, obviously, if Belkin had showed and John had a showdown with him, that would have been nice as well. But kind of is what it is. Um, and and Josh is, uh, I mean, he's he's 32. How long has he been powerlifting here? Have you been, um, oh, wow, since 2010. He's a 10-year vet? Yeah. Holy freaking smokes, man. He knows yeah. he's been around the block, huh? It's yeah. weird. It's always weird. There's always those late bloomers, though, that start coming on late. How long has he, have you been coaching? uh two years now but I, I think he's also just he's in iowa i think is just so like not a social media person guy so um, gotcha. i think that's part of the reason i mean i i call him like a mini andrew herbert you know they they all these people the and you got the nice bald head too but these white <laughs> bald head jacked guys they're just you know and the former wrestlers they just um uh, have a propensity or a great potential to like be great powerlifters. So, well, how is it? Have you have you talked to Andrew Herbert lately? 
What's my man been up to? I, I love Andrew Herbert. Him. Yeah, I, I can only follow him. I, actually, I should check up on him, but I just see him. He's all in on like posting animal videos, and uh, I know he's lifting because I know he's he recently started not recently, but like he finally has a coach or a different coach, uh, Josh Bryant, which I I you know assume is a big change for him. And um, but no, I haven't heard anything. Uh, I haven't talked to him recently about it. I know, but, me neither. Yeah, and I like like he's broken records, and obviously. Um, he's been on your podcast and he's got a, I like his background too. He was like a wrestler, did grappling, fought MMA and was like, he, he, and he's, um, he's one of those dudes that looks like the incredible Hulk. Like he's an absolute monster of a man. And like, he's got an MMA fighting background and a whole nine. You have him on the podcast and he's that soft spoken giant where you're like, it's a good thing. You're a nice guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. he is a monster, yeah. and, and with the fighting background like that and the strength he has, and it just so happens he's a nice guy on top of that. Yeah. Also, I think he's in like the fire department and, and police department, or some kind of like a joint task force thing. I'm not sure, but oh, also oh, uh, he's a hero as well. Yeah. So I don't know if he's allowed. To, he's been able to train, but I assume so. He he finds a way to train. But yeah, I haven't heard much about him, but. You know, I think there's a lot of power that there's just kind of like taking this year off as far as competing right. and just staying low. Um, I know that the current already sent out invites uh, for next year. You think and, that's going to happen? What do you think? Uh, 100%. Yeah. Really? Why do, why do you think 100%? Why, why so sure? Uh, well, it's going to be at Gracie's gym. So it won't be like at a venue. So they don't have to like count or take the chances of an outside venue. Um, and as far as Southern California right now, everything's pretty open. So unless like COVID takes some, a third, a third wave of back, you know, of like whatever uh, infections and all that, I don't, you know, hopefully every month from now till then, everything's getting back to normal. Cause that'll wow. be in April. Okay. I was just about to say, yeah. yeah, I'm not see, I don't know, man. Cause everyone, you know, the flu season rolls around in the winter. Like people are saying, we this this second wave isn't actually second wave; it's still the first wave, yeah. and the second wave is going to be a whole different ball game. And then they're talking like a vaccine, and everyone's like, "Who wants to be the first to take that vaccine?" I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah. It it um. California, you guys got locked right down for real. Uh. So no, because uh. Um. How do I say this? So LA is like an hour north of where I am. I'm in Orange County. So LA is totally locked down. Okay. okay. Um, but where I am, like we our, our commercial gyms are open already as of two weeks ago. And then as we go south, that's where San Diego, that's where Gracie's gym is, about an hour south of mine. Same thing. So California is really segregated by the, the mayor and, and whatever, different governments, different cities. So, um, but like I said, the number one reason I think it's going to happen and a lot of people want to do it is that it's a hundred thousand dollars on the line. So that's, you know, I know John's going to do it. So. Especially if it's like a, now he lives in California. Yeah. It's, a, it's an hour, hour and a half drive. So he's a California guy. He's a California guy. Now he's getting, he's wearing shirtless or, or sleeveless shirts, getting his tan. Getting <laughs> it's the funniest, one of the funniest comments was like, cause he got a lot bigger doing prep. Everyone's like, Oh man, it's all those California burritos you're eating. <laughs> Is he how is he eating a whole lot more? Because my man got swole. No, John is uh he's he's one of those guys who doesn't eat like big meals. He'll eat like one or two actual big meals, but he's a big snacker. 
he loves his snacks. Like when, when we went to, uh, we stayed in the same Airbnb and when we went to the store to get, you know, snacks and drinks and food for the meet, we probably had like, he probably had his own cart full of just snacks. Yeah. So he's a snacker. He's a man child. Yeah. This guy, he's a snacker. I wish, dude, that's how the pounds come on you. You got to be careful with those snacks. Oh, man. actually, I, I would say he, I think his secret is, is milk. He drinks a lot of milk. So, uh, he's a little kid. He, he drinks milk and has all these snacks. Dude, he is. Yeah. This is a little kid. He'll, he'll go to a restaurant and order milk sometimes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Who is this guy? That's the secret, guys. <laughs> this dude is so bizarre. Watch John misses this, and not a damn thing you've said. This whole podcast is real. <laughs> he I does will, tons of volume. He I does tons of he, he all of it was all bullshit. He's yeah. a volume guy. He's he mad diet. I share all his secrets. <laughs> That's right. He's like, what were you telling people, man? Um, B, I think Kern, well, if Kern happens, okay, that's pretty big, especially yeah. if they're 100K. I wonder who's going to all show up if we can still get, because traveling will, like, if we can get Belkin, the pro, here's another thing, though, is Kern is going to be, if they do it, wrapped and only wrapped. Because a lot of people, like Kevin Oak has said, I don't want to do that. Uh, John, I think John said. Well, John's going to do it in sleeves. He'll do it in sleeves. So, but the thing is, yeah. like, because he people get injured with, with these. I think we've had this discussion. I've had out a few people who said, I don't like wraps, man. Like, I get, I, the, the injury level goes way up. Because you're yeah. literally taking your leg, wrapping it enough time so it can't bend. Yeah. Loading enough weight so it has to bend. It's like, <laughs> yeah. okay, man, this is going against all dynamics and physics, right? Yeah. Um, so it depends on that. And I want to see Yuri versus John. I don't know if COVID's going to be freed up for actual international travel by April, maybe within America, but I don't know if he'll be able to come from Russia. And okay, here's came, our question. Yeah. This is the question, though. Kirill was in America recently. How the fuck did he get here? Hey, I don't Yuri know about can. this guy. Can I say something? Okay. Can I say something? He's in, the, drives. He, he's in the he's in the mafia. <laughs> Dude, I did right. I was trying to word it very carefully, and you just came out right on the nose with it. But, uh, That's what but, we're uh, thinking. <laughs> Dude, the guy drives around in Ferraris um, and has like supermodels around him at all times. Looks like he doesn't work a real job because he's right. constantly a playboy. In like, hey, look at me with this guy. Who's this guy? You click on his, it's like a 2 million followers and some YouTube famous guy. And it's like, how are you just hooking up with these influencers, driving these fancy cars, have these supermodels around you. You're here across the world. Now you're back in Russia. You're holding these crazy events. What do you do? Yeah. What do you do, bro? (laughs) What's going on here? And I don't know. I've asked. I'm like, does anyone know what Kirill's story is? Everyone's like, no idea. Yeah. He's a monster human being. What is Kirill's story, bro? And how did he end up in America when there's straight up travel bans? Exactly. He was in America. He posted about it. So how did he end up oh. here and Yuri can't? Uh, I, I'm, I'm a, if a I go missing, note. if I go missing, note. it's because you brought this up. <laughs> you go yeah, ahead. I, I'd go missing first. On a <laughs> side true. note, uh, the, the group chat we're in, uh, Yuri is in it. And this dude is fucking hilarious. Despite. Despite our little language gap, he is hilarious. Um, so that's a little tidbit. When he was roasting, um, when he hopped on Garrett Fear's Instagram and started roasting him, oh, yeah. it was like, holy shit. And uh, yeah. Garrett talked about it on the podcast. He's he takes like, no prisoners, yeah. He was like, I was not expecting my man to roast me. First off, 
he's got a, enough of the English language commanded to to roast the food if he right. has to, and um, and yeah, man, he's he'll go there. It's weird because yeah. sometimes when you see Russians, they have that stoic, you know. Oh yeah. You're not sure if they got the humor on them, but yeah. some of them do, man. Yeah. Is 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 John and Yuri in the same group chat? Yeah, we're all in the same. Yeah. Oh shit, man. Yeah. Do they talk, man? They talk, bro. Yeah. Take bit. screenshots. And in in fact, um, Yuri predicted John's numbers for this meet, and Yuri was not far off, like what, what John was planning. So, yeah. Really? But, yeah, and also at the tribute last year, uh, after the meet, we're, we're by the pool, and, and him and John were, you know, trying to talk. You know, What's cool. Yuri's English like? I want to get Yuri on the podcast. It's not but... great. I don't think yeah, it's I, I don't think it's enough to like carry a podcast. Right. You might need a translator. That's that's uh that's it. We'll have to yeah. find a translator. Yeah. Have you ever had Yuri on a podcast? No, because I, I know. I, I've tried to talk to Yuri in person. It's not it's tough. It's not, it's not a two hour podcast. <laughs> no. And getting a translator is not the easiest. Uh because there's time zone differences. And right. got, I don't know nobody in my immediate life that speaks Russian. I'll find somebody though. Yeah, I don't either. There's got to be some. I'll reach out. I'll find somebody to get him on the freaking podcast. Because Yuri does podcasts, you know? But has, has he ever done an English-speaking podcast? Not that I've found, so no. My brother. <laughs> now it's a race between me and you who can book it first. <laughs> you can have it. You can have it. Actually, I, I know that, uh, is it Sergey Mariana's uh, coach and friend? His English is pretty decent because I talked to him a little bit. I don't know. He maybe. Did- he could maybe you could do like, maybe you could do a double podcast with him, and Mariana, and Yuri. I did I did him, Mariana, and a different individual who did their interpretation, um, oh, okay. just in case they got stuck. Right, right. But uh, they had him there live. Okay. And uh, but dog, the big fish, the big white whale, to get on a podcast. I know. Is gonna be is gonna be Kirill. You would think Zoom has like a Russian. Translation? Live. Probably. But then I got to translate it. I got to ask a question and then they hear my voice translating. It's going to get weird. It'll sound weird. as People are listening to me like, this is fucking too weird. This guy's talking to himself now. He sounds like a big, especially if I do like an accent, trying to be Yuri when I reply. People like, it's, it's, it's mildly offensive. It's, it's, it's weird and offensive at the same time and, and just distasteful. You, you thought it was the big podcast. It turns out to be a total flop. And, and you're like, fuck, I'm glad he went first. <laughs> I'm glad he test drove that. Didn't work. I'll, I'll find an interpreter. No, the, the big white whale for me would be if I got Kirill. Oh yeah, well, dog. If you ever get, I don't, him think, I don't think the government or a mafia, what, what, one or the other, or both, would allow that. What no. <laughs> exactly? It would be uh, the one, the biggest, um, the most international that we did. I got on Paime uh, Mahari from I from Iran. Strongman, he's like chasing the world record. I repost him on King of this a lot. He's a deadlift? huge dude. Huge deadlift. That's right. It's yeah, always yeah. his deadlift I repost. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's chasing, like, he's got a massive deadlift. He's chasing yeah. the 501. Right. And he's close. He's in a late 400 kilo, and he needs yeah, 501. Yeah. So he's an extremely strong guy. I got him on in Iran, and I got a guy um, that I knew in my real life to be here who speaks Farsi. Okay. And, and that's what they speak in Iran, and to uh, translate it. And that's 
the most like I feel international. All, all you need to do is post on your story. Hey, who's willing to translate Russian that, for me? That's for what it is. You have so many followers, I guarantee you have one. Somebody will raise their hand and be like, oh, yeah. I speak Russian. Yeah, and then make it happen. You're, then we got to coordinate. Yeah. I just want, I guess you don't need to, do you need to vet this person or whatever? Do you have I, to I be would, like, they I would get, job. I would get one or two people to like. Yeah. <laughs> you want some total Yahoo who doesn't even speak Russian and he's yeah. just totally talking shit. <laughs> he just <laughs> made <laughs> up <laughs> 90 minutes. Like just you just made shit up to Yuri. Yuri's just like, I don't know. <laughs> Yuri's like, Keska fuck. He's like, what? what? <laughs> but, um, yeah, we should be able to hook something up. And Yuri would be a pretty good podcast guy to have on. I, I wouldn't mind getting his feedback when he watches, like, especially he, if he has a working enough English to mm-hmm. read the comments, read the posts, read what people are saying. When I post that showdown between him and John Hack, I tag him and John, and I see he sees the polls and the, and the results of the polls, and he yeah. sees the comments. I wonder what he thinks. Um, I don't know. I, I think he's a big fan of John, uh, just from what I can tell. And he's a big fan of powerlifting and and just the, his interaction in the group that he's just he likes everybody and um, like he's not. It, before this group, I would have thought he's just like a like a fucking Ivan Drago, who right. just hates everybody. He's just like a machine. Uh, but he's definitely not that. So it was a pleasant surprise. Yeah, it's a, I think he is far more of a character. Here's a podcast, my friend. Oh, shit. Now, you might beat me to this one. You have on the same podcast, Yuri Belkin and John Hack. Leading up I mean, to the show. We, sh- we should just do a, 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 a joint podcast. Let's fucking do this. Buddy. You, you'll, Did you'll this just happen? You this just happened, trans- Andy. You bring the translator, I'll bring John, and then we'll get Yuri and... Lord, Lord, Lord! Look John, what John would love, The problem is John. John will never do rap, so it, it would, they'd have to convince Yuri to do sleeves. Right. Yeah. Um, and Yuri did sleeves earlier this month, but his total was nowhere near what it. He gets a lot out of his raps. Like when he's in raps, it's like Iron Man in his suit. Like some people, are like yeah, I get around this out of my raps. Cool, bro. Cool story. But what Yuri gets out of his raps is literally like when Tony Stark jumps into his Iron Man suit. The right. guy can go to big dogs in metal. And, and he's, he's a fraction of their weight, you know, yeah. in terms of body size. So when he's in raps, if he's meddling at big dogs to what he did earlier this month, it's a whole different scenario. So that's where I don't know if he wants to give up his rap. I, I, but I do ahead. think he got screwed on his squat call, just like John got screwed on his squat call. Yeah, dude, what was your feeling of that? Because, you know, this live stream is hard to tell, but the, the videos I saw look I, like... I was, okay... I was there and I saw it live. And if you pass his opener, his second attempt was the same depth, if not better. And they red lighted it. And the, the, the front judge red lighted it. I'm like, you can't fucking do that. Unless it was like sky high, but it wasn't. So that's my feeling on it. Um, the judging was definitely very consistent and very strict. Um, and that's that's all. Like if 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 his opener got passed, his second should have got passed because they were the same to me, and I was there. And I I've always been watching John in his training about his depth, and that's always something you know we work on. Um, so that's my feelings on it. And then and you know, 
Needless to say, he was very down and not sure of himself after squats. Um, but, you know, we, we just kept talking about it, like, hey, you know, Dan might not get a lift here or there. And, you know, you can't just give up. Just 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 stick with your plan and do what you can. And then, you know, you still got second place at least, you know. So it, it's just kind of how you have to, you know, readjust and uh, handle the bumps. I know what you mean where um, you establish your strike zone really with that first squat. Like yeah. I've done that too. Everyone's done that. And as a handler, you, that's what that, you say exactly what you just said. Yeah. What you did is depth. That's what it is. You got one red, so don't go any higher. Yeah. Um, but if you do that again, now you know where it is. You, you felt it on the day of, which is the big yeah. thing. Like in the gym, things are a little different. We've gone over that Joe Sullivan type situation can happen. But the day right. of is really what that first squat is, is – if it gets passed, there you go. Yeah. That's that's the strike zone. So that when you hit it and you thought that was the same for the second and it doesn't get passed, that's when you can be a little rattled. You're like, holy shit. And I think John for his third, it's hard to tell on the stream again, but it kind of looked like he might have sunk it a little too that's like the he problem. Was, yeah. Right. Now, trying now to you adjust. gotta make it now you gotta make it a point to like sink it and then now you're lose, lose tightness, change up your squat. But we uh we we talked about it and we're we have like two things we're going to change up on a squat that should fix that. So uh, mm. I, I don't think that should be a problem anymore. Overall, the judging was pretty good. I mean, you're always going to have close ones, close calls. Yeah. It just, and because it happened to John, that's tough because if all eyes were on John. If it happened yes. to the guy who came in second to last, nobody blinks. And there's yeah. always going to be a call that's close because uh, sometimes calls are close. Yeah. But, um, but, but one thing this does prove to everybody out there who thinks judges are out to screw you, uh, no one hates John Hack, and they red lighted him. So, pump your brakes on when you think fucking people are red lighting you because of you. It was, pers- you. it was personal. <laughs> it was you personal. You know what? Nobody does hate John Hack. If someone <laughs> listeners hates John Hack, DM them. We need to talk. Right. <laughs> What's the matter with you? The guy eats. Hey, listen. The guy eats snacks. Okay. He drinks milk before he drinks a milky before he goes to bed. How are you gonna hate on this kid? The only the, the only reason they hate him is because they can't be him and they're jealous. So, <laughs> but the thing, yeah, I mean, exactly. But no one's really in the ballpark unless your name's Yuri Belkin. So then it's it's kind of a foregone conclusion when you go against him. Right. He's operating in God mode. Um, but yeah, honestly, I honestly would do a podcast, try to put something together where we get translator. It, 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 does it only make sense if, they, if they're going to have a showdown? Or would it even make sense even if there is no showdown between them? We just talk. We just talk. I think we get a lot of sound bites out of it. I mean, no one's heard of Yuri. Oh, no one's heard an interview from Yuri. From Yuri, yeah, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and then another big uh, showdown would be Jamal and, and John Hack. Yeah, the thing is, they're not because Jamal's how big is Jamal? He's huge, right? Yeah, but he's he's uh, two forty two. He competes in two forty two. Because the thing with um with Yuri, Yuri and John can be in the same weight class with for myself. I know you mean via Wilkes or, or like right, that. Right, right, right. It, it, it's a showdown. But when I see two guys and I don't got to grab a Wilkes calculator to form this out, you're just in the same – conceivably, the good thing with John Hack and Yuri, if John keeps getting size, he could end up being – like how far away from the same size as Yuri do you think John is right now? Uh, a, year, a year or two. I don't – John's not like – John can't – so John, John walked around at his heaviest like at 208. Oh, okay. Um, he he might have got to like two ten one time because we had sushi, but uh, 
it's hard for him to maintain 208 just because he can't eat as much. Um, so, like, right now, I think if John wasn't competing, he'll probably get back down to, like, 190. Oh, wow. Okay, uh, so but, he but he does have the, the desire to get bigger each year. He's just not in a hurry to do it because he's still young and he wants longevity. Like, so, like I said, he, he already has a plan for two years from now, three years from now, what he wants to total and what he wants to weigh. And he's just not in a hurry, so he's not going to force anything. But he does. I think. I think in a year he'll be. You know, he'll be close to it. A year. A year maybe two. Because for me, like I don't. I don't mind having a Wilkes calculator if it, or dots or whatever the the formula might be. I'm yeah. down. But there's nothing quite like straight up. You're in the same weight class, so, so it's pound for pound. Who's got yeah, the yeah. best total? Oh, then sure. it's a whole another level of excitement. For um, sure. That's why, like Jamal, for sure, throw Jamal in there, throw throw whoever you want in there. There's still some good showdowns, but there's nothing quite like. Do you think Jamal? How close do you think Jamal could get in terms of Wilkes to, to John and Yuri? Is he right up in there? You think? I think so. I think John, or sorry, Jamal is capable of a 2300 total, which would give him like a 600 Wilkes. Um, and the the only thing about Jamal is he's he's had one great meat in his career as far as i know uh so can he do that more consistently can he do that in the in the, in the bigger meets coming up so that's that's mm -hmm. the only question about jamal but if you go off training numbers yeah he, he can squat 800 he can bench almost five and obviously he can pull a thousand pounds so it's just him it's him doing that all that in the meet and see if he can do that and that's the big question man because we went over like in the gyms one thing and if you use straps, you just come in just the deadlift. But if you maxed out on squat, then you maxed out on bench. Oh, did you have to cut weight? Now you deadlift. How tired are you? How are things going? And you're getting chased. You're chasing John. John's chasing you, whatever, so you can't miss. And you can't just dictate and eat food and do whatever uh, deadlift you have planned. you got to yeah. pull what you need to pull for that placing if you're going to win. So yeah. then it gets tough, man. It's a whole other deal. It's tough also, that. like – uh, a lot of a lot of lifters they take like huge jumps so like i know jamal could probably take a hundred pound jump between attempts so with that much variance in an attempt like you're you could lose you could lose or gain 100 pounds from one attempt so it, it's like you know do you, you put together a total hit all these numbers or you make big gambles make big jumps you know so that's another thing it, I, I know the the plus on it is when I go for my third or my second, like I'm, the more you cluster your top lifts at the top, you've done a lot of heavy lifting by the time you're on your last deadlift. But you've done a lot of max load lifting. If you, some people like, they do the opposite, they're too afraid. And you take a look at their temps, you're like, my man, all three of your squats are so close to your max, you're going to be gassed. Like you're yeah, maxing yeah. out and they're like, yeah, but if I miss my third, I got my second, gotcha. But you don't want to be playing too pessimistic where you're going to miss your third because you just yeah. basically are doing your third three times. <laughs> like you've yeah. never done that in the gym. You're not going to be able to all of a sudden do it today. By the time you get yeah. to dead, you're dead. So I get where uh, Jamal's strategy, if he hits his last dead, it could be a boom goes a dynamite Titanic game shifting dead, which is really exciting. And he will have the energy. Like he's not wasting any. But on the flip side, like you said, it's a bit all or nothing. It's like that KO puncher who's swinging for the hills. If he connects, you know, he's going to hit that ball out the park. But if he misses, yeah. he's falling quite a bit on his total. Especially with the way Jamal deadlifts. It's so explosive. But if that whip gets him off one inch, then you're yeah. fucked, you know. But, and so, sumo. 
yeah yeah it's it's so technical and and so there's just great great risk great reward so 100 percent, my man yeah i would love to see it too and Jam- where does jamal live uh georgia uh i think right now there's there's uh, ongoing uh discussion and try to get him and john and jamal to do hybrid which is steffi's meet in in february but i know john's for sure focused on the kern uh, he might do the, the hybrid. We don't know. Uh, just like to, as a warm up or just to do a meet, just because it's fun. But uh, like I said, right now uh, the the invites are starting to go out for the hybrid, and I think a lot of people obviously want to see that matchup. But here, I, don't, here, I don't know. Here's the thing: when you're John Hack, can you do meets just for fun? When a guy like Jamal's there, and people have this expectation, like, oh, Jamal. If Jamal beats you, it's not fun. Like as competitive as John is, like you said, you, uh, it's hard to show up and come in second, and it's fun. And you're like, he, like I, I, if if his attitude going into it was, I'm just gonna, because uh, we've talked about it. If his attitude going into it is like, I'm just doing this for fun, then that that's what it is. You know, I don't know. I can't remember if there's money on the line for this meet. If there's no money, John's not gonna take it as serious. Um, so, as far as I have talked to him about it. Uh, it won't be as as because it's still relatively soon after he's competed. So um, right. I, I think it'll just be like a, a aggressive training day. It's yeah. Because the, the like, thing... he, he, he could just like be like, all right, I didn't even try a hundred percent. So it doesn't matter. So. Yeah. But everybody, nobody takes that though. Here's the thing. He would, he could say that. He doesn't have no, to. Nobody. Yeah. It's, it depends on, I don't know how I could, if I was in John's shoes, like people, when people see him and Jamal signed up for the same competition, the drums are going to start beating. The war, the, you hear those? Those are the war drums. And they're beating. And people are excited. And then when Joe, or Joe, when John shows up and he's like, holy shit, there's an expectation of a massive showdown. He's going to be like, fuck this, I ain't coming in second. This isn't fun no more. You know it's fun? Winning. Let's go. And it's going to be crazy. John's going to be doing his dead last deadlift like he does. And it's going to be all, it's, I don't know, man. I, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, maybe that's what we'll have to like uh, make clear on our podcast. It's like, this is just a chill day for John. Walk in the park. Uh, tell me for or, sure or ahead of time. Or we could tell you guys this whole time, and then meanwhile, John's fucking training like Rocky. That's right. <laughs> with wood and logs. and <laughs> Yeah, exactly. He's training no. his ass off, and he's yeah. ready for war. It yeah. is, uh, it just be time-wise, February and April is pretty close. Yeah. But Kern, though, on the flip side, if he does rat, if he's going sleeved, and they're not offering a sleeve division, that would actually be the more just for fun meet because he's like, I can't win if I'm if everyone's in, it's wrapped up. He's at a he could win, but it's at a massive disadvantage. Depends who shows up. Yeah, but that's that's the challenge. Do you think John. he could take it off? Do you think he could pull it? Do you think he could pull it off sleeves if everyone wraps? Uh, okay. Obviously, if he was against Yuri, Yuri's wrapping. Yuri, you know, no. Yeah. But let's say Yuri can't. Let's say Yuri doesn't get his doesn't pull Kirill aside and get his uh, mafia connections. I think John, John could, John could definitely medal with sleeves. That'd be pretty dope. I, I mean, just look at all right, how many guys have totaled six hundred Wilkes in wraps. That's a good question, sir. I don't have that in front of me. Does does yeah. uh, 
That is a good question, though. Because he's just a, he's a, as as close as we've seen, right? John's done 606 Wilkes earlier this year. Has he? Okay. Yeah. 605, 606. So that's got to be – well, if, if that's John's all-time best, then I'm assuming – it's either only him or maybe one or two other guys, period. Yeah. So how great would that be if he did beat everybody in slaves? Everyone was wrapped. <laughs> It'd be crazy. Oh, oh, he also hasn't have much to lose. Like, he's in sleeves and everyone's, you know. Right. Yeah. Either way, I think John, John first, and most, first and foremost, is worried about his numbers. You know? So in a meetup like the Kern, that's where you have to focus more on your numbers because you're going against rap people. Uh, obviously, he wants to win money, but he has the potential to win money if he just plays his game and hits his list. Mm-hmm. And then he's competing with other people, even though they're in raps. But I think, I think also the money is a big, uh, you know, incentive. Motivation. Yeah, John so doesn't need the money, but it's fun to win money. <laughs> oh, dude! Hey, listen. <laughs> right. Nobody cannot need twenty grand or whatever it is. Right. Like, nobody's yeah. like, I'm good. Whatever. I guess I'll take it. Yeah. Um, is is it as enough of incentive for him to try raps again, or do you think this is a bad? We no, I talked to him about it. I was like, "What if I just rap you light?" That's no. what I was just thinking. Nope. You know what? It's look at if he's thinking, "Don't do it, don't do it," because he got injured last time, and some people have habitually got injured. Actually, I think maybe am I making this up? That Brennan said that as well. He's like, "Man, I was getting injured in raps," or is that in yeah? Person? Brennan said that. Yeah, it, it just it it puts your knee and all your tendons and ligaments in a bad spot, and and it also masks pain potentially. If you're going down, you can't feel it, and mm-hmm. something snaps. So you, like yeah, you, or or your or your your knees are supported more, but then your back is handling way more weight than it should. Stuff like that, and that's where the load has to get dispersed somewhere else because you are half raw, half equipped now. You're not in yeah. a squat suit. Yeah. But yeah, your knees my, are wrapped. Yeah. So your so knees my, can't bend, but your yeah. body's got to fucking bend at the hips. And your lower yeah. back is like, oh, oh, hello. Yeah. Or or my my nuts. Or my <laughs> Or your nuts. Yeah. Or when your nuts enter your body. <laughs> halfway down your squat. Dude, yeah, you want to talk about blue balls? I literally had black and blue balls for weeks. Oh, my it's God. Not, not Really? Cool. Yeah. Just blood everywhere. Oh. What happened? Yeah. Well, how what? did it? That's just the blood, like into my balls. <laughs> what? Yeah. This happened? I thought yeah. you were joking. No. <laughs> it went. It went from like my balls uh, above my my crotch, and then all the way down inside my legs, just everywhere. Yeah. Blood, like like underneath the surface. Yeah. Because I guess it would be, yeah. What am I saying? If it came up the surface, I basically <laughs> just said your balls exploded. Yeah. <laughs> right? I'd be bleeding out from my balls. <laughs> if, you, if you put up in your balls, it would, this would be the worst powerlifting story I've ever heard. This is a nightmare. Yeah. If it's, but so what did you do? Was that you didn't finish the competition? Oh no, this was this was like days after the like hurting myself. When okay, the, okay, yeah, okay, okay, okay. When, well, yeah, when the bleeding just starts <laughs> everywhere. That would be the worst if this was like, no, this is on the platform. That was an opener. <laughs> that was an opener. And you, and you go, hey, can I say something? I fucking fit. I hit every, I went out for that. I finished every lift because I'm a professional. 
Because <laughs> I'm a professional. How much, how much of a bitch would you be if your handler told you that story and he was handling you and you were telling him your back was cramping? You're like, was your back cramping? Let me tell you a story, son. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> your balls exploded. It exploded. <laughs> exploded. Went nine for nine. Okay. I didn't. I didn't win any money that day, but I proved the point, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> so, so get the fucking foam roller. We're finishing the day. That's what I'm saying. If, if any other one of my clients bitched to me about some minor little thing, I'm like, listen, my yeah. balls exploded. I finished, <laughs> Dude, it's a, I finished that's the, the meme. Story. You, it's a true you know story. That's the, you know yeah. that's, that's the way it is now. It happened in there. You but, but did it. your balls explode? Oh, okay. Let's shut the fuck up. <laughs> but did your balls explode? Wow. Get your belt and get your foam roller and let's get going. Because we got five minutes till you're up, kiddo. Fair enough, sir. Fair enough. Yeah. Listen, so, I mean, this, is, this is all talk. I, 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 this is what, as of yesterday, what John and I talked about. Um, it could all change, but that's the plan. Um, and then I think I'll do the current too, just because it's close and it's less money to like travel. And I'll do it in sleeves. I'll never do wraps again. Not anytime soon. I have some goals. Um, and honestly, I, I've been saying this for a while. I think, you know, I'm 36 now. But I've been lifting since I was 15. So it's over 21 years. I think my body's at the point where, like, it's on the down slope. So I don't know how many more years I can compete at this level. I think one or two max. So um, when I do get back on the platform again, I want it to be obviously memorable and something and, and where a, a situation where I put up big numbers. So if I don't do the current, it's probably because I, I don't think I was ready enough to put up some big numbers. Cause that's, that's all I want to do is put up some, some numbers that I know I can hit. Um, and then right off in the sunset and just be, you know, a, a podcaster and, and John's handler. <laughs> and, and, and um, what do you, how do you see yourself? Like, weight training after that like you're not you can't like you're not going to stop weight training i'm assuming or would it be like what what do you think are you going to squat still or are you going to like just go light uh, yeah i'll just uh i mean I, I can't i don't i haven't thought about that much but i know i i know like as i get into my 40s and so i want to lose weight because i can't be this big forever on my joints so i'll probably like pick up some kind of like other activity uh like boxing or jiu-jitsu or something like that just something, more, something more active um, but i'll always lift weights i'll probably just go more of a bodybuilding style because I, I was a bodybuilder for, for a while and i just enjoy it um, but i think i'll always be part of the sport as far as coaching and, and doing other stuff uh and with my other businesses so um i don't think i'll ever stop squatting because i enjoy it but there are you know there's times where i miss squatting but there's also times i don't want to put you know 600 pounds 700 pounds on my back it's it's in <clears throat> when you once you decide you're not competing in powerlifting, it becomes like I'll squat when I'm feel good. If I yeah. don't feel good, like if you got a competition coming up and you're tight, you're like I got to roll it out, massage it out, but I I'm gonna squat again anyways. And you yeah. you'll work through things because you got a competition coming up. And when you turn the corner and you're not you don't have a competition coming up, then you squat when you feel good, feels a little tight, you lay off. It's okay. In your yeah. bodybuilding style, I'll focus on this body part instead, yeah. which is just or, a different focus. Or I could take a couple years off and then just start chasing like masters world records, like oh, Nick Best, like, like a Nick are. Best, 
<laughs> it, it can never stop, buddy. Right. There's know. always something else. It's only if the body's willing. Um, yeah. Jiu-jitsu dude is so much freaking fun. Actually, your boy Chad. Oh, yeah. Is all oh, in yeah. on that. Oh, he is, yeah. yeah. Uh, why, why do you think jiu-jitsu? Is it just something? Why, why did that pop into your mind? Is uh, it something seeing what Chad's doing? Part of that is just I have a lot of friends uh, do it. And in this area, it's huge. So obviously there's a lot of uh, access and a lot of classes and, and schools. Um, and I've never tried it, you know, I just want to try it for sure. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, I, I don't, I don't have any firsthand experience besides watching it. So I think that's just something I want to do and try it. But I don't, I know that like, I'm not very flexible, <laughs> especially you in my don't, legs. So. You don't got to be super duper flexible. Strength will help. Um, yeah. I do, I do jujitsu. And one thing that like the cool thing about jujitsu is um, it's super duper skill based yeah. physically helps for sure. But you, you gas out and use a lot of strength because it's like, you can't do, you, you couldn't sustain that for like a five minute round and it's only one round and you do five, five minute rounds and you're switching partners constantly. So you, you use a lot more skill. Right. And the one thing that drove this home with me, so I remember when I first started, people were telling me like, you'll, if you did this for the rest of your life, you'll never learn everything. There's too much, it's like a game of chess, where oh. if you knew every single, if I taught you every single chess piece, so every single submission, every single counter to every single submission, every single counter to that counter, then on top of that, there's strategy in terms of when you know all the chess pieces being moved. So it's one of those deals where no matter how old you get, you can go in there and get schooled by some freaking. 55 year old wizard who's half your size and there's something appealing about like you said where if the body's starting to break down you're like look at i need to find an exit strategy what can i do now but here's something you could build on yeah here's something you can continuously get better at and you don't have to you know rely on these on the physical yeah i mean you see like uh half four and eddie they're, they're in the boxing now um it's just i guess because i have been lifting for 20 years it's just sometimes it's just not as fun anymore mm. you know but but then other days i i like after this meet i was like yeah i i can't perform like this like i can't do a meet and not put up big numbers so yeah. it was definitely a great I, I i needed this to like motivate me again and remind me like i still have it um so like that's why i said like i have one year or two years i don't know but i know like it's getting to that point where i'm thinking about it so that's why I think every workout session now will be more heightened, more important to me because I don't have a lot of time left is what I'm trying to say. Isn't that freaking weird to tell yourself, eh? Yeah. To actually come to that realization to be like, it's almost over now. Yeah. And actually, that's something that you could push through some things be like, well, I'm not going to have too many more of these. Exactly. However bad this is. Yeah. whatever i feel right now there's not many more of these yeah because because i could i can honestly admit that last year a lot of times i i i mailed i mailed it in i just took time off or uh, when a workout was hard where i wasn't feel great feeling great i might always work out but i might like skip a down set or or cut cut things short or or make things lighter and i i saw the result of that and i just beat myself up for like almost quote unquote wasting a year because I, I, I know I could still be stronger than where I was right now. Um, and it's one of those things where I, I got in my head as a coach, even though I have other people helping me where like, 
I prioritize, prioritize like recovery and being optimally like recovered and, and being technically sound versus like what got me here was just fucking working my ass off and being sore all the time and all that shit. But I was in more of like a rehab like mindset. So yeah. no more of that. Fuck that. <laughs> but that's a tough thing to hang your hat on. It's like, I'm really good at recovery. Fucking yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Catch me on any given day. You've never seen a more rested lifter. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I'm ready to go when I pick yeah, up I'm, steam. I'm, I'm hydrated. I'm fully fed. And I'm recovering. <laughs> Ask me about my hydration. Go ahead. <laughs> you were bonkers when I drank today. Bonkers, my friend. What, what do you think it'll be like, though, mentally to not be as strong? Do you think that'll mess you up to be like, I used to squat this. I used to dead that. And to be like, I am to like, to be, I mean, fractionally strong, not just because you've kind of gone through it, but you knew you're going to get it back. We're talking right yeah. now. What you squatted is like percentage wise. You're like 30 pounds off is like nothing. It's like yeah. percentage wise. It's literally nothing. Yeah. But I mean, if you decide I got to turn the corner and work in a bodybuild style and your squat drops from the 800s down to God knows what. Are you going to be comfortable with that walking around and you're a different human? I think so because, so I look at like Stan Efferding and, you know, he was obviously a big inspiration of mine because we compete in the same weight class. And, um, you know, he's had two people break his world record and, um, but he's more focused. He still lifts. He changed his mindset to more volume and all that stuff. Um, but I, I've been I've accomplished enough to where I can like, I can safely, uh, retire and not have to like say, I could have done this. I could have done that, blah, blah, blah. Um, and it, it, but it'd be different if like, I'm trying to say if like all of a sudden when I retire, like 30 people are like come out of nowhere and are stronger than me. I'm just like, Oh fuck. You know, like what about your day to day though? In your day-to-day, because you can't live in the past. So let's say, oh. like, great. But when you're walking around your day-to-day, you're not that, you're not, like, you're not that guy anymore. Has that, will that be tough? Turning no. the corner and be like, okay. I'm an average Joe. I don't care. I, I don't, I'm not, I'll never be average, you know. But in the piloting world, I won't be as great as used to be. But it just comes with maturity, and I'm older now, and I don't, that, my ego is not that sensitive, you know, like. I could, I'll still be stronger than 99% of people in the gym. That's true. So, <laughs> so, so as long as you can maintain that. Yeah, as long as I maintain that. And, and then if I have kids, as long as I can beat my kids' ass, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, that's you know? when the situation, listen, listen, <laughs> when you walk down the hall and you and your son brush shoulders and, and you're like, was that a fucking accident? Yeah. You know, when you're like, or did he, did he lean into that a little more than he have to? <laughs> exactly. But if he was like 18 in high school and I raised like some 280 pound freak, okay, uh, he, he's got me there. But I'd, be, I'd still show him videos of my peak and be like, Look. Yeah, of course. And he'd be like, dad, again, Jesus, seriously? <laughs> we got to do this again. You're like, come on down here, son. You're in the basement, it's dark. You got the fucking old camera playing or the video playing. He's like, all right, let's humor the old man. He's going through a moment or something. <laughs> That's right. But uh, yeah, fair enough, sir, fair enough. Listen, I got to smash some food, my man. It's yeah. 1030 on my end, and I got to yeah, get up in the morning. Dude, we just crushed two and a half hours. Awesome. Good stuff. Great. I appreciate it. Uh, but first off, before we do this, though, before we put an end to it, um, let people know, A, 
um, about uh, like how they get to you for coaching, all your businesses, how they find you, how they find your businesses, and uh, whatever co- promo codes you want to put out there, uh, let them know. Oh, God. Sorry, I have a lot of promo codes. It's okay. I might need to look at my phone. Pull but, them up, uh, my man. Pull but, them up. Uh, so I, I coach personally for myself. I'm also a coach with Juggernaut Training Systems with Chad Wesley Smith. So uh, I have a website, pandapowertraining.com, or just message, message me on Instagram, that underscore huge Asian underscore guy, or go to uh, Juggernaut Training Systems. Um, and then I am a part owner of Iron Rubble, which uh, makes powerlifting gear and apparel. Um, so that is my, I guess, I have two full-time jobs. Um, so that's my day job and then online coaching um sponsors jeez hold on <laughs> this is uh, a good problem to have we right have too many right. sponsors um iron rebel hate brand goods skull skull smash ammonia virus uh, rp strength eat right foods uh inspired nutra revive and juggernaut training system you want lion, sir. You got a lot <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot oh that's another thing like Instagram world, it's really interesting because I just hit 100K. Yes, you did. Congratulations, by the Thank way. You. Thank this you. This is the congratulations. This is the 100K <laughs> podcast. Yeah, perfect. Let's do it. And <laughs> I've, like, I've honestly can say, like, I honestly did this without, you know, buying any followers. But four years ago, I had like 10 grand, 10K. And I, I just, it's so hard to do with the way I've done it. But I'm glad I did it this way. It's just, just being myself. You know, whether I wanted to post a lift or me eating sushi or I get a lot of shit for like being really like goofy and like or wearing like a girl my, my girlfriend's tank top or whatever but that's who I am and I think people you know obviously resonate with that and and see that like I'm not just a lifter and that's all I do so um you know that's why I, I like uh, for all the people doing Instagram and all that I think the way I've done it is just be myself and that's all you can do because you don't want to pretend to be someone you're not and people only like you for that. Um, and at the end of the day, Instagram really doesn't matter in the real world. <laughs> um, so, it, it, nope. yeah. It, well, I was just going to say it in your account is feels like a personal account, not just a powerlifting account. Like you said, like you're doing, you're you, you're doing your thing and people who are following get a piece of that. So when you transition into I don't compete now. I just coach. It's not going to be a big fall off because people like you, they think they like your joke, you're quirky, you're you're interviewing people, you're coaching people, you have insights. It's the same. It's, it's still, they're not just there to see you hit some monster squats. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And then you, same with you, you, you don't just do this podcast and you're also a powerlifter and you announce for all all the big, uh, you know, USAPL IPF meets. Yeah, I mean, it, so it is, yeah, th- I think that's probably the most important advice you give someone is just be yourself and don't, how many people are like, is this Instagram worthy if I post it? Right. Every, everyone to an extent does it. Like, this is sure. Instagram worthy. But it's yeah. like, whatever, man, just post it. People are just yeah. going to scroll by for the most part and give you a, a token like anyways. <laughs> but uh, listen, thank you for coming on, my man. Crush two and a half hours. Keep in touch. Um, let's do it again. 100%. Oh, I'm definitely. glad you're back. Uh, and hopefully, man, we'll, we'll hammer down the next meet, have you on again. We'll talk about the next appearance and hopefully that's, that's the one you've been chasing where you could hang your hat on. Yeah. And then we'll do the, uh, the Yuri. That's it. Pack, yeah. Interview. 
I'll try to get Yuri um, because we'll see if like when the best time to really get like having Yuri hack on the same one is is bonkers. Like that would be a a big meet if they're going to both show up. I might get Yuri to tell his background story. Yeah, yeah. Because Yuri hack will be separate. Well, we'll we'll get him. We'll get him on if we get him on at the same time. Yuri's not telling his background story. It'll be about something that's happening with them both. Yeah, yeah. There's got to be a reason to it, right? Like, hopefully, there's a showdown. This is what I'm picturing. We could do it anyway, no matter what. Actually, but how hype would this be if you got a showdown and it's like when you have the two stars on the same platform together, head to head, and they're taking questions? There's nothing more riveting. And then the next week, they hit the platform. Oh yeah, like the like the UFC uh, way in. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. That would be absolutely like we could do it anytime, anyways. And but if we actually wanted to make this over the top special, holy smokes, man! Oh yeah, yeah. That would be super duper hype. So, yeah. anyways, let's let's let that marinate out there. Yeah, and we'll yeah. we'll see if we can put that together. Yeah, we'll make it happen. We'll make it happen. Anyway, my my man, thank you very much. We'll keep in touch, sir. All right, guys. Have a good one. Good night. See you later.